Ayo, all aboard and welcome, it's about to be on Grab a couple of cones, cause we about to be gone To the Caribbean, seven days and eight nights Got the crew coming heavy, but we all packing light Yeah, we always be booked, we got our drinks in the sky From New York City to the USBI Is that a full margarita, man? Finish it up Cause we about to run the beer like Forrest Gump Finding pockets on the Lido, she ain't gotta be a tent Cause we did the things, and we'll do them again Tonight's the white party, but we blacking it out Cause we got the drink pack and we're maxing it out Everybody come on I said sound that horn Cause we gotta get away To where the boat leaves from All aboard and welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Always Be Booked Cruisecast show coming to you not quite live from the K-Compound in Boca Raton, Florida, USA. Thanks for joining. It's a day before the cruise. Now, well, first of all, I want to wish everybody a happy 4th of July. I hope you guys had a good time. Hope everybody was safe. We didn't drink too much. If we did, we got an Uber. Either way, I hope you enjoyed the fireworks. All right. So today is... The day before cruise day, if you're just joining us, by the way, uh, I would like to welcome you to the show. My name is Tommy Casabona. I host a podcast about cruising, all things cruising. It's kind of a uh, offbeat, irreverent take on cruising. And what I'm most proud of about this group and this podcast and everything is the community we've created around it. So we welcome you. And uh, we are hope if you we hope if you are a new listener, you will give us a chance because one thing I did hear, whether it's the accent, whether it's the content or whatever, is that uh, it is an acquired taste. I I've gotten multiple emails of people saying, you know what, I didn't really think I was gonna listen to you for long long term, but then I kind of forced a couple of episodes upon myself, and here I am locked in. So, like I said, it may be an acquired taste, or you may just, you know, who knows? Maybe it's like day one, love it for a sight, who knows? But uh, hopefully hang in there. You will hear some stories. We'll go off, off the beaten path a little bit. Sometimes we touch on non-cruising things, and enough of the stupid intro. Tommy, why don't you go on with the show? All right, here we go. So we are the day before the cruise. I am about to, for some reason, get on... The Carnival Paradise. Now, it does show you that, uh, you know, you have this Carnival Vista ship that I was thinking about taking that was going to be uh, a, a, an eight-day cruise to two ports, and I think they're still at sea now, but there was a power outage. I'd be terrified. I don't know. I mean... <laughs> I'm just thinking of like they said that there was nobody in the elevators was ironically while the power went out. And I don't know if that can actually even be true or not. Who knows? But we'll see. All right, so we got the Carnival Paradise tomorrow. Uh, as you guys know, I've been a long time, uh, what would you call it, playful critic of the Carnival Fantasy Class ships. If you're going to pick a Fantasy Class ship, this is the top of the line, the newest. This is a cream puff, this ship right here. I mean, this ship was built, uh, this is a 98 model here. So of all the Fantasy cl- uh, cruise ships you're going to get on, this might be the one. This 70,000 ton i mean i look at the deck i was looking at the deck plans man he got the promenade deck is one deck lower than the Lido deck just because the thing is just one big giant hull i am excited this is going to be a different type of cruise like i said unless a solo cruise this is really going to be my first solo cruise in my mind i did a solo cruise by myself once did i just say that that was redundant see that that's some of that acquired taste stuff you got to deal with um you know i i it wasn't really a solo cruise. I ended up meeting, uh, you know, some so Christy and Lauren and some people that you know we had a good time with. 
And I didn't necessarily ever feel like it was a solo cruise because it was almost like uh, to the point where I was like, leave me alone. They were so good at putting people together. They were so good at uh, connecting people who were on the ship by themselves that it really didn't feel like a solo cruise. Now, I know Carnival is not going to do it like that. I know they don't have that type of... um, I guess, dedication towards... I think the whole thing with Norwegian, they do it because they have the solo cabins. So if you know you have 160 people traveling solo and they're all paying top dollar and they all have these cabins, you know, maybe you make, maybe it makes sense that you put a little bit more stress on the solo cruise experience. I don't think that's going to be done as much on the fantasy class. So this is going to be a real solo cruise. I told you guys before also, I am a bit of an introvert. Um... When I say a bit of an introvert, I'm definitely an introvert. I don't, you know, I'm probably going to be communicating with you guys. Sorry, let me adjust here. Uh, I'm probably going to be communicating with you guys a lot on this sailing because I don't really know what else I'm going to be doing. <laughs> I, uh, I, I'm, a, I'm a loner. You know what I mean? I'm okay being alone. I'm okay being by myself. But, you know, I also do have that FOMO. So I'm like, you know, I can like hang out and be like you know what let the let let the parade go by but after a while i'm gonna be like wow there's some there's some good times happening on this cruise ship and it's a damn shame that i'm not part of it you know but i i kind of do need a crew for that there's people i know god bless them that can absolutely just roll with it and be like hey man how you doing hey where you from and then all of a sudden they're you know they're, they're part of the family Never going to be me. Uh, I am, I guess, a little guarded. I guess I am a little bit more on the, uh, you know, once I open up to you, yeah, you'll probably want me to shut the hell up, but I am not the whole icebreaker type person. So uh, I don't really see this. uh, I think it might be a little strange, but, you know, I totally am going now. If by chance, you know, the Swedish uh, female women's volleyball team is on this cruise as a group cruise and they see me and they're all of a sudden fall in love and they demand that I hang out with them and drink with them all week. All right, that's going to happen. You know what I mean? But barring something like that, I'm not going to, you know, I'm probably going to be doing a lot of work. I'm going to be, you know, I'll have my days. I'll probably have my day where I go in and see what happens and I'll pass out solo and, you know, be be depressed and wake up. Okay, no more of that. We'll see. We'll see where it's going to go. But this cruise... I am looking forward to, definitely, because it's a cruise, but it's different. It's it's a different feel to this one. A, I'm going on a fantasy class ship, and again, I, who knows, I am hoping that I am pleasantly surprised. There's a lot of people who tell me I will be pleasantly surprised, and I'm going to see, and we will find out. I'm sure there will be, what would you say, redeeming qualities or qualities that endear me to the ship, but overall, I think I do like a little bit more of the modern technology. We will find out, and uh, I'm hoping to really kind of do a lot of, I guess, planning, soul-searching, some real live work, some, I guess, what do you call it, blogging, That's what, I hate that word, but I guess just kind of getting some content for you guys, there will be a ship tour, definitely, and uh, that's about it, so if you guys, th- those of you who are uh, non-procrastinators, uh, OCD type people, people who actually plan things, properly plan things, uh, prepare to give yourself some anxiety right now because the time, let me look at the time, it is one fifteen on Friday and that's the 5th, this is the 5th Friday and I am leaving, I'll be on the ship tomorrow, I'll be on the ship in 24 hours, okay, so I'll be having a guy's burger prior to this 24 hours from right now. As we sit, as you know, we just started a show, okay? We just started a show, and uh, 
have just right before I started this show put on a putting on a load of laundry that I'm gonna hopefully pack. Now I have to work tonight at 8 p.m. as a DJ in West Palm Beach, and uh, that will take me to 4 a.m. tonight. So I'll be busy during that time. So I'll have to leave here around seven, and uh, between now and seven, I have to do my laundry, pack. Get my oil changed. I can't drive from West Palm Beach to Tampa without an oil change, so that's got to happen. And uh, I have a full work shift. So I'm basically still in t-shirt and sweatpants uh, or sweatshorts right now from when I woke up. There's doing some errands and cleaning around the uh, around the around the place a little bit. And I have all that stuff to do. So there's been no thought of packing what I'm going to wear, what I'm going to bring. I'm just still doing laundry and all that other stuff has to happen too. But we will see. This is going to be a little bit of a different show. Like I said, if you're a new listener, this is a a different format here. Normally, it's just a little bit of an intro, and then it's the cruise news. Then we get into the main topic for the show, and then the emails. But for this particular show, we're not going to do the news. Shout out to Doug Parker again. Like I said, the gold standard in the business. And... uh, you know, I was jumped on his cruise cruise rewind show, and we covered the four major four of the major news topics. Uh, and I think you know, I would refer you to that if you want to listen to uh, his latest cruise rewind that came out a few days ago. I, I definitely think you should check that out, and you'll be uh, up to speed on the crazy news stories that happened. That what was it? A Tuesday? Uh, yeah, Tuesday was a crazy day in cruising. There was like five different things that happened. You had to deal with the. Uh, Carnival Vista, the new dry dock procedure that it's going to undergo. You had to deal with the Carnival Vista uh, losing power at sea once again. You were dealing with the Carnival also changing their dining, their ultimate beverage. Uh, sorry, their their dining program as far as uh, prepaying for the dining package. Uh, also, the Norwegian Pearl incident was an issue. And what was that last one? Um, Norwegian Pearl. Oh, Royal Caribbean. The big, uh, what was it? Drink package gate. Obviously, they sent out that email where you can get eighteen dollars per day for your drink package, which was clearly a huge glitch in the computer system or human error, one or the other, and that was a problem. So we went back and forth. They first said they weren't going to honor it. You had to get your money refunded, then buy it back at full price, and then, oh boy, the backlash came, and they changed their mind, and they pulled pulled out a very witty email that I thought was a pretty good way of handling it, um, you know, where they have to, they this round's on us, uh, so enjoy this deep discount. Uh, we probably have to fire someone in our IT department or, you know, check on our interns or whatever. And then they rounded it out with, enjoy this deep discount while we drowned in our sorrows. So I thought that was a cool way to handle it. They did pretty good. It's crazy how, you know, the people spoke. The people have spoken. So those news stories are on Cruise Radio Rewind. Definitely check that out. But for this episode, for purpose of because we have a little bit of uh, we're against it with the time and because we've already done a little bit of the news and otherwise, besides that, there's not a whole lot going on. We are going to get into the main topic for the show. And then we're going to get into your emails. And I got to give you guys credit because you guys have been stepping up with the emails lately. So we have a good, good amount of emails. And that's probably going to be the main um, portion of the show, the main length of time for the show. But also, I want to give a little bit of an intro to the main topic. This is a topic I wanted to tackle for a while. 
just because, you know what I mean? This show, uh, and let's just break things down a little bit. I think there's a lot of people now coming up in the cruise space, and I think the more the merrier because I'm entertained by it all. I can't get enough. If I could wake up and start watching people talk about cruising, uh, you know what? That's a pretty good day for me. So I'm happy that there's a lot of people entering the space. I just think that everybody has their lane. And, um, you know, my lane, it will always be, we'll have cruise news. But I'm always going to be about the experience. I'm never going to break the story. I'm never going to be on top of the 10-10 wins type of thing and be like, you know what? I mean, that's important. You need that. And, you know, you got a guy like Doug out there who is, first of all, there's nobody that touches it. Nobody touches what he does. I mean, I've seen him in action firsthand, the way he goes about his business. And uh, that's where you want to go for that. So if that exists out there. I'm not gonna. I don't need. I don't know. I don't want that smoke. You know, leave that alone. Let him leave. Him, leave him to do that because there's nobody that's going to be better at him than that. With me, I'm more of the everyman cruiser, and I'm just more of like the, the the experience. You know what I mean? I want to share experiences with you. There's things that we love about cruising, and there's things that we have passion for about cruising. I want to experience that with you, and I want you to kind of maybe listen to me. Live vicarious through me, and I could live vicariously through you too about your cruise experiences. And you tell me, you know, what you loved about this certain ship. I always often talk about the subtle cruise bliss. That time when you're at sea, you know, where everybody's talking about, you know, did you see that deck party or that sail away party or, you know, the quest game was funny or they had that perfect show or, like, you know, did you realize I ziplined on a cruise ship? All that stuff is great or that perfect itinerary where I pet the stingray or, you know, water slides at Atlantis I like to think a lot about that subtle cruise bliss that you know that smell that hits you when you're coming in immediately getting on the ship that uh you know when you when you're hot as heck and you're uh I said heck (laughs) when you're sweating your ass off and you walk in from the Lido deck and then you go into the buffet but then you get that immediate bliss of AC that blasts through you because it doors open on both ends and that cross ventilation breeze hits you so that blast you and that the way the pizza tastes the way those ice cream you know cones taste and just little subtle cruise bliss things that you know you just take in while you're there and you don't necessarily make the headlines or sometimes you don't even remember them until you're back on your next cruise and you say ah yeah that's what I remember pouring out those tender peeling off those ten dollar bills getting those quarters putting them in that machine in the casino where they you know what what is that the change bumper thing where they put it across and you know damn well you're not gonna win but it's just something therapeutic about it and just you know when you're at a when you're in a bathroom and you're you know washing your hands or something and all of a sudden you hit a wave you forget you're on a cruise ship for a second but then you hit that wave and you're like yeah man i'm at sea Love it. Things like that. Subtle cruise bliss. So what I wanted to do was do a topic on my favorite pieces of real estate at sea. I'm talking about like where you're comfortable. You get on these ships. And again, what I've been, I don't know what I've been on. I've been on over 20 cruises, but I've been on what? 10, 12 ships, 13 ships, uh, maybe six or seven different classes of ships. Who knows? I, I don't know offhand. But what I will say is I did give some thought to what my favorite pieces of real estate were on cruise ships, where I like to be, where you'll find me, and where I most am in my happy places when I am at sea. And uh, I'll give a little bit of details about that. About the, I'll name the place, what ship it's on, what cruise line, where it is, why I enjoyed it so much, and then we'll just kind of take it from there. I think I did 10 of them. If I'm not mistaken, I did 10 uh 
of my favorite pieces of real estate at sea. Let's do it, guys. We'll get into the main topic of the show right now. And by the way, guys, we do have a Patreon, in case you didn't hear any of the last uh, 25 episodes. Uh, it's www.patreon.com slash booked. And there, what you can do is commit to a $5 a month contribution to the show. If you find value in the show and you want to support the show, it's a great way to do it. Or also, by giving that $5 a month commitment... You're also going to get a couple of extra shows a week. Now, those shows are going to be a little bit less, I guess, what would you say, structured. There's going to be interviews. There's going to be things that have nothing to do with cruising. There's going to be off-topic things and just, you know, maybe late-breaking stuff here and there if that ever happens, which it usually doesn't, but... I guess for me, uh, just an extra couple of shows a week. They're not necessarily an hour, hour and a half, two hour show or more. Uh, a lot of times they're 30 minutes. A lot of times they're between 30 minutes and an hour, things like that. You know, sometimes there'll be a 20 minute show, but it is, like I said, it's a great way to support the show if you find value in what you're listening to right now. And you'll get that other, I guess, uh, spike of that extra couple of shows a week. Also, we have an uh, always be booked Cruisers Ultra Lounge on Facebook. This is where it goes down, guys. If you're not in the Ultra Lounge, I beg you to join us because that's where we do most of the whole community thing that I like. We go back and forth with each other. Uh, we crack on each other. We make fun of each other. But most importantly, we answer each other's questions about cruising. Uh, it's a forum for us to kind of bounce ideas off each other. It is all in good fun. It's not a hostile group. There's a lot of groups out there. And uh, groups can be a touchy thing because this is just a crazy, sensitive society. But a lot of groups out there will kind of jump all over you for asking a question. Or a lot of groups out there will, you know, uh, I guess, you know, what would you say? Um, get a little crude and things like that. We don't do that. If there's any ribbing, it's all in good fun, always, and uh, in general, it's just a good community. It's the Always Be Booked Cruises Ultra Lounge on Facebook, and we're also on Instagram, Always Be Booked. Um, that's about it. All right, so let's get into the, the 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 best pieces of real estate at sea. Now, this is in no particular order except the last one. You guys who have been listening to this show for a long time, you guys are already going to know the answer to what my favorite piece of real estate at sea is. But uh, I am going to still leave it for last. All the other ones, one through nine, are no uh, no particular order. All right, let's start it up. I'm going to start it with the Norwegian Escape Spice H2O. Now, again, what, what you're going to come across here is a lot of these ships are part of a class. And a lot of them have identical or seemingly or close to identical venues or areas on the ship than some of their sister ships. There are subtle differences, though, and I picked the ones that I liked based on those subtle differences as well. Uh, so Norwegian Escape Spice H2O. Now, this one, this particular Spice H2O, you know, they do appear on most, if not all, of the um, the Escape and Escape I'm sorry, Breakaway and Breakaway Plus class ships on Norwegian. But this one has a beautiful grotto. It has like a fake rock formation wall uh, where it's basically against the most forward portion of this aft section of the ship, if that makes any sense. If you listen to it again, it will. Uh, it's just you have, uh, you know, a grotto. And you could walk through it. You can kind of uh, get lost within it. And you get the little sprinkles and the showers that come down. You could sit down and you know you could sit down in there too. It's a very very comfortable area, and it's a fun area to be in during the day or at night. Just the same. Uh, you know I loved aft portions of the ship. So this particular portion of the ship. Oh, here we go. 
Hear that? It's a leaf blower party again. Oh, now it's off. We'll see what happens. Uh, it's, it, it's an aft portion of the ship. You always get me with the aft. I love being at the back of the ship because that is where you get the unobstructed view of the sea. We all love cruising, right? What do we love cruising for? A lot of us, I don't know, maybe because it's cheap, maybe because it's simple. But yeah, all those things. But also for me is because I just love being connected with the sea. So uh, anytime you do something and you give a lot of attention or, um, you know, there's no pool back there, which is a downside. But you can go there during the day and you can get some nice peace and quiet. It's an enjoyable place to relax, put your feet up. You can get away from the hustle and bustle of the Lido deck. Now, the Lido deck, uh, the pool deck, whatever you want to call it, on the Norwegian uh, breakaway class ships is rough. They dropped the ball with that for at least, I don't. I didn't see the joy and the bliss. I don't know if they rebounded from that, but the breakaways and the escapes and the getaway, you have a very, very cramped Lido deck. So you do get some spillover from that, but I think, if I'm not mistaken, it is adults mostly adults back there so even if it's not adults only by rule it's uh sort of like an assumed adults only area the kids want to be up front anyway where all the action is where the bands and the games and the music is you know a lot of adults go back kids will get bored back in the uh the spice h2o area so it is a mostly adults area so you have you have that um and uh the fact that they throw those parties back there so you know, most cruise ships, and, and I'll say Royal Caribbean really does this for the most part, and to, to their discredit, which I don't love as much, is that they have so much going on inside that they really want to move you inside at night. Norwegian goes against that with this Spice H2O concept, and you go back there, and they throw these parties, and they do different themes, and they switch it up. You'll have an 80s night. You'll have a rock night. You'll have a uh, glow party, which is kind of EDM style. And nobody on any cruise ship anywhere that I've seen lately is really doing it to the energy level that they are doing it. So you go back there and, you know, it's a, a lot of times it is. Like we had this guy, Dave, who was the assistant cruise director on the Norwegian Escape and we were on it. And this guy was the best guy with a microphone I've ever seen at sea. To me, he was a, he was a goofball. He was like a, a six foot two inch kind of goofy type guy, but there was something about him where I, I get it. The entertainment fact and the entertainment value that he brought to the table. Like in the middle of the day, he'd do these contests. He's being full suit. He brought an absolute energy. He he was corny. He was cheesy, and and I it's kind of like you know you can keep the whole ultra cool guy stuff. You know, got no problem with Matt Mitchum. For Carnival, I got no problem with that stuff. He's cool. I probably he's probably a great guy, and he's really, really good at what he does. There's no question about that. He's a star. You know what I mean? This guy is the anti-star. This guy is just the guy that gets on the microphone. He's like, "Who's ready for Cosmo?" And he screams. His voice hits these pitches, and you just he gets you going. And then you'll laugh at him because he tries to do these dances and look cool when he's not really looking cool, but. You know, for something about you can't really put your finger on what he what he does and why he's so good at it, but he really, really is, and he just he brought it, and that was probably why the experience was what it was. Now I went back on the breakaway, and it was good, it was okay, it was it was very good, but it was something about the way this DJ worked with this assistant cruise director Dave. It was phenomenal. They did a great job, and you know the and then we'll talk about the the light shows that they do. Now they have the big giant uh, movie screen back there and you uh you know they play a lot of a lot of they they get their i guess their lighting effects from that 
And that kind of illuminates the crowd. They have other lighting effects too as well. They'll give out, you know, glow sticks and things like that. And really it's like a it's like a party. Like it's like a you're out at a club. You know what I mean? You don't often get the everything about cruising you say is ultra cheesy and then it goes right into the nightclub where they will play the newest and hottest hits. But by that time it's one AM. It's a mix of a weird crowd in there. This is prime time, you know, nine, ten o'clock. At night, they are throwing a party, laser light show type things. You know, they do a whole thing where they do a skit. I'm not gonna break. I'm not gonna spoiler alert the skit, but they do it on all the ships, uh, all the all the Spice H2Os, or they were doing it for a while. And it was just an absolute blast. They took that energy to a level that I hadn't seen on any other cruise ship before or since. So I think uh, you got to give some credit to Spice H2O. And for those reasons, it is definitely one of my favorite pieces of real estate at sea. All right, let's move it along to the Navigator of the Seas and the Lime and Coconut Bar, the brand new Lime and Coconut Bar as part of the new refurbishment on that ship. So like being from New York City, your genetic code starts to rewrite itself, and you eventually start including a taste for rooftop bars, lounges, and uh, restaurants. It's just part of just the real estate in New York being so at a premium. You know, the early spring rolls along, and the late fall, and it's not too hot. It's very, very nice to be outside in what is otherwise just like a hustle and bustle and running around the street and cramping into these basement bars or these, you know, one level bars. When you can get outside, like a lot of you guys across the country have the luxury of having New York. So if you have a rooftop bar in New York City, it's just you're you're in, you're in a good position. Uh Let's talk about pool bars. On most ships, most pool bars are there. They serve their purpose. They're very good. But that's just what they are. They're kind of just liquor stands and beer stands and things like that. Rarely is it the where you have the, uh, you know, a well-thought-out concept on a pool bar. You'll have them on the lower levels and in the entertainment centers on the ship, but you don't really have them on the pool bars. Even Carnival has the Red Frog and the Iguana Tequila Bar, but those even still, they are what they are. They're just bars. They're watering holes and things like that. For the first time that I've experienced, Royal Caribbean went in and put some thought into what is the pool bar. Now, that wasn't at, at an expense. The expense was real estate on the on the pool deck near the pool. But to me, it was well worth it. They put some thought into the, the concept, and this is almost like a day club. You have three levels to this thing, and you have the first level, which is actually on the pool deck, the second level, which is sort of like a has another bar up there as well, so there's two actual bars in it within the whole concept. But then up there, you have like uh, on the second level, you have kind of like a padded lounge area. You have ottomans. You have these cool like little patio style lights that kind of run across the top. It just has a good vibe. You, what I really like also about it, it has the bandstand right next to you on that second level. So you're up there. You're kind of chilling. You have couches. You have chairs. Multiple different colors. It has like a tropical feel to it. And when you're in the lime and coconut bar... You feel like you're at a venue versus just getting your drink and, you know, standing on a Lido deck. And uh, I really, really enjoy that. And even further up, it has another deck on top of that second bar where you kind of have uh, chairs and you get the best views of the cruise ship. You have loungers as well. And then you'll get full service drinks up there in, in general as well. Now, the busiest deck 
was the lowest deck, obviously. And then the the decks get, you know, the, the, the levels get decreasingly busy as you go up. But in general, I just felt like it was really, really cool. And for the first time, it's almost like making history for Royal Caribbean. They decided that they were going to place a premium on trying to keep people there later at night. So like I said, I mentioned about those patio lights that run across on the top. It just feels like a, you know, you're at a New York City street festival or like in a back patio somewhere. And those like, sort of like those uh, plastic style multicolored lights that just run across. Really, really nice touch. And then you're overlooking, like you said, the water and the, the pool and everything in the deck. Like, it's just a very, very nice place to be. They did a good job with it. The service is great there. And you could tell that they wanted this lime and coconut bar to take off and be popular. I definitely recommend that you, you do that. I think they're putting one on the Oasis of the Seas. I cannot wait to get back to it. It wasn't even a close second. Like I say, you never can predict your cruise. But on this past cruise on the navigator of the seas me and chris and nicole and jonathan that's where we were going we didn't have to even have to communicate we were like where's like where do you want to meet it was like what time do you want to meet there because that was the spot the lime and coconut bar on navigator of the seas is absolutely one of my uh, favorite pieces of real estate on a ship now the negatives to it is that it's for an outside spot it's not perfect again if it's perfect for me you're going to be more towards the back of the ship with the whole unobstructed uh view of the sea as well as the fact that like i said there is a down downside that came with it we were watching them try to do their Lido deck games and it was awkward because they had to clear off an area of chairs lounge chairs for um for them to do like the electric slide or the dance competitions or any competitions they were trying to run, you know, since they built that out a little bit more, it became a little bit more difficult for them to do their, uh, you know, Lido deck games and things like that. Again, I'll take, I'll sign up for that any day for, for a venue as cool as the lime and coconut bar. I'm fine with that, you know, but that's just me. I'm not the biggest, uh, lounger on the uh, Lido deck anyway or the pool deck whatever you want to call it for Royal Caribbean all right moving on we're gonna go we're gonna stick with Royal Caribbean and we are gonna go to Harmony of the Seas and Central Park now Central Park if you've ever checked it out is an anomaly it's uh it's surreal it's the closest thing I've ever been on a cruise ship to forgetting I was actually on a cruise ship um there's a beautiful walkway. The minute you come out of the elevator, you walk onto Central Park and you're greeted with these beautiful plaques and these kind of statues and things like that. And then there's like little pathways where you can walk and you're surrounded by trees, bushes, I mean real plants. They have a gardener on this thing. And I'm not necessarily, I'm a city guy, so I'm not Joe Nature over here. But what I am saying is that it is put you in a place it really really relaxes you it's a very very beautiful part it's probably i guess from a i guess just pure natural beauty standpoint it's the nicest place i've ever been on a cruise ship whatsoever now i'm saying this on harmony of the seas because it is ultra modern um they 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 do it very very well the uh they even pipe in bird bird music it's crazy you're walking along and you're like this birds am i walking by these birds or is he like no it's just piped in on speakers but they do it so well uh so during the play the day it's a really nice place to chill um it's it's everything you want in a neighborhood without the gnats and it does have you know like i said the central park cafe and i've talked about this on the show you have to have that roast beef sandwich they also have a really cool sort of like a a, a standalone 
one-person operated bar, and they have some specialty drinks, some high-end drinks like that. It's it's really nice. On one end of it, you have the shops, and on the other end, you have the restaurants. And uh, right there also, you have the rising tide, which is is awesome because you're sitting there at a table, and then there's this structure that you don't really know what it is, but then out of nowhere, you see an elevator, but not your average elevator. It's a freaking bar. It's a bar that can hold up to like 50 people or whatever, 35, 40 people. And it rises from the Royal Promenade up to Central Park. And people just get out and all of a sudden, they're just basically now they're in Central Park. I mean, it's it's really, I mean, whoever thinks of this stuff, is it's, it's crazy. It's out of control. And uh, they, at night, they do a really, really good job with the lighting. And like I said, all the all the um, restaurants are in that area, so you can dine al fresco, sit there in what is actually a park at sea, forgetting you're on a cruise ship, relaxing, and then you look up and there's this beautiful string quartet there playing this gorgeous music. It's almost it was almost too much a couple times because I think of some of the cruises we have and the uh, you know. The hijinks and the uh, the 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 madness that we not only take part in, but also sometimes foster or just self-generate. The this is just like uh, the opposite of that. This is where you know what I wouldn't even do that here. I would feel bad to go into a Green Cup Monday mode uh, at Central Park at night on any given night, but. Having said that, while it is a little bit the antithesis of what I normally cruise like, it is absolutely one of my favorite pieces of real estate on any ship. It's a gorgeous place to spend some time, and uh, I hope I hope you do get a chance to do that. All right, I'm going to move along to back uh, to Norwegian, back to Norwegian, and we're going to talk about the waterfront on the breakaway class of ships. Um, any chance that I get to connect a little bit more with the sea. I am totally in. And the breakaway uh, class of ships, their waterfront concept, is exactly just that. When I first heard about this thing coming out on the Norwegian breakaway, which was historic ship for me, that was like when the, when the breakaway was going to come out, it was like huge news. Not only because it was, uh, you know, Oasis had already been out. It wasn't the biggest and baddest thing at sea, but it was the biggest and baddest of anything Norwegian put at sea. And also because it was slated to home port in New York and because it had this new concept, the the waterfront. And I was always wondering why, you know, people didn't, you know, cruise lines didn't do this more. I was on, uh, you know, the Miracle and I was on the Splendor and I was always like walking around those ships wondering why, you know, you have this beautiful steakhouse. Why wouldn't you put some tables out he- outside? You have the room for it. Let people dine outside. But, you know, cruising just evolves and think people have, you know, come up with these concepts and everybody tries to outdo each other. And now it's become pretty normal to have outside seating in cruise ships. And uh, I don't think anywhere does it much better than the, the waterfront on the breakaway and breakaway plus classes of ships. Uh, you have tons of bars and eateries in there. My favorite place was always the 5 o'clock somewhere bar. You really get a nice chance to just, I mean, you feel the wind. You have your drink. You can get something to eat. And then if you were going to, like when I said I did that, technically was a solo cruise. But we ended up having a nice little crew. And we were running around that ship having a good time. You know, that was the day we had leg gate, knee gate, Nassau moped gate, whatever you want to call it, gate. And uh, <laughs> I... I uh, I even when so when I was hurt, I had the bum leg. I just made it a point that I was going to be out there for every sunset. We always had plans. The singles coordinator Romeo did a great job, but my thing was 
I was always going to be outside at sunset on the waterfront. And I'm telling you right now, it was one of the it was it was a great experience. You get that right buzz with that right sunset, with that right little bit of music coming through, and you meet a couple of people, and that, my friends, is subtle cruise bliss. All right, let's move it along to the Carnival Splendor Lido Deck. Now, this place is nothing special about it to the naked eye. Sometimes things just happen, and it's a matter of if it's in your own head, or it's just a matter of just things that you appreciate, or whatever it is. Some things are really, really cool on it. This is an example of probably a combination of those three things for me. This place just felt like home to me. It really gave me a feeling of just being at peace. It was like our central hub. If you had to compare it to the Royal Promenade at all on the Carnival Splendor, it was kind of like that for me. And when we had the sailings on it with Nick and things like that, it takes me back to a day of cruising when things were a little bit simpler. And uh, it, it could have been also how Carnival in general, how they did their events and how they did their scheduling and what used to go on up on that Lido deck. Um, now, it was unique in that the Carnival Splendor is just a unique ship in general, in that it's the only Carnival ship that's the only one of its class that just sits there. Of course, when they build new ships, they eventually are, they're the only ones in their class, but they eventually build more. But by design, I guess, you know, Carn- well, not by design, because Carnival was ultimately, Carnival Splendor was ultimately supposed to be an Acosta cruise ship, but they moved it over to Carnival and they didn't build another one like it, and it became uh, the Carnival Splendor class of ships which is only one to it i don't know if they didn't build only one like it there was another one like it it was the costa concordia which ultimately sank um and that was the only sister ship to the carnival splendor it had a cover it was unique about that ship is that it had a cover um if, and, and I didn't have a problem with it because if you're not going to completely connect yourself with the sea, which you're not going to do if you're at a Lido deck, it's, you know, it has walls. It has, you know, you could still see through the windows, but why not? So they had a cover that would come and go, and they used that cover pretty often. It was like nothing. It wasn't a big deal for them to shut it on a, a seemingly a moment's notice. Um, during the day, it was a traditional Lido deck, but at night for us, it just became a living room. We were on, I believe it was deck 11 which is one deck above it and it was almost like our stateroom was our room room if the ship was our house if the ship was our our entire house our stateroom was our bedroom and the Lido deck on Carnival Splendor was our living room because at night most nights on those cruises that I went through and that was the summer of 2014 uh, I went on three cruises on the Carnival Splendor and they would shut the thing down and it would just be very very comfortable in there it was like a little bit of an echo chamber but it really really felt homey for you you're on a you're on a Lido deck but you're feeling like you're in a living room so we would get dressed and then we would just come downstairs and grab the Lido deck it was really one of those first concepts not one of the first but it was before it became so automatic that there'd be a movie screen on every single cruise ship but you know this one did have a movie screen and it would always play something and now it was a little bit different back then too and then it didn't always just play a run of movies this had programming since it was still maybe at the early stages of of having a theater screen out there uh so it had multiple different concepts of things so you didn't know what you were going to watch next you'd see a movie but then after the movie an episode of Seinfeld would come on 
And then after an episode of Seinfeld, an episode of MASH would come on. And then after that, you'd be watching a Zach Brown concert. You never knew what was going to come on, and that was kind of cool. But they did announce when the movies would be, so that was like sort of an event. So we would do that very often. We would kind of, you know, with that particular sailing, we were kind of sleeping late or doing excursions and weren't doing so much day drinking. So we would just enjoy ourselves during, during the day and do whatever we wanted to do. And then at night... We would come downstairs into the living room, grab a drink, watch a movie as if we were planning on going out because the cover was on, and it was just a very, very comfortable place to be. Also, and this is subtle cruise bliss too, you got the chlorine smell. So when, you, when you're covering the top, you smell the chlorine a little bit more, and I just always rem- like that. It just always reminded me of childhood. And then it had this pizza smell as well because they were making pizza 24 hours, and it was, I mean, that was the best pizza I've ever had at sea. Flat crust, thin crust, made fresh to order. Uh, You had the prosciutto with fresh mozzarella, and it was delicious. And they would, you know, roll that out, and you would have this kind of just calming combination. It sounds ridiculous, but this subtle cruise bliss for me was that combination smell on the Carnival Splendor of just chlorine and pizza. Anybody who's out at sea on the Carnival Splendor, man, ugh, just... I looked up cruises on the Carnival Splendor. It's not coming back to the East Coast before it moves to Australia forever and gets a full facelift, but it is what it is. I, I, I would uh, I, I said that was my favorite trip for a long time. I switched it over to the Norwegian Escape because I was just overwhelmed with the Escape as far as all the things it had on it. Then I had the Harmony and the Oasis. For me to, I love those ships, but to me, for me to be naming them as my favorite ships, they're a little too big. So I kind of stuck with the escape, and I had the freedom right up there as well. I'm telling you, as of today, right now, where my mind is, it's back on that Carnival Splendor as my favorite ship. I don't know. I just It just takes me back to where it was like confined. You knew where everybody was going to be at night. You had the nightclub, the piano bar, the martini bar, which is now the alchemy bar, right there, all that stuff. I, I just loved it. It was just... I think back at the Carnival Splendor, and yes, it had it was the perfect cruise ship for me. And the Lido deck was no reason why. They also had like cool things like where they would do um, karaoke on the Lido deck. There was something about that Lido deck that made people show up there. Um, the deck parties were off the charts. It was a great place to do a deck party. But they also just had these... Um, karaoke nights and now you know the full Lido deck and you know you go up and do karaoke I haven't done it in a while but I'm singing an Eric Church song at the top of my lungs in the middle of a Lido deck the acoustics were out of control because the thing was closed and the uh, sound is bouncing off the walls just for many reasons for the movies for the deck parties for just the proximity for the smell of the pizza and the and the, and the drinks and then we that was also a place where we can go where we would go downstairs and we'd go sit at the bar and it was almost like going to a neighborhood bar you'd kind of hang out now a lot of these Lido deck bars are more like liquor stands like I say grab and go the Norwegian Sky didn't even have a place to sit at the bar it had a long bar all the way across and you couldn't even sit at the bar you would stand in line and that makes sense I get why they would do that because functional functionally it's a open bar ship so they're banging out drinks left and right but at the same time I just remember the bartenders were really really nice and you know that was a hundred percent the time where I learned the whole you know give them that 20 and you'll it just because you hit 15 on your limit for the drink package you don't have anything to worry about because that 20 is going to take you where you want to be uh, and they will make sure it happens and that carnival splendor uh, Lido deck is just one of like I said one of my favorite pieces of real estate at sea all right, I'm going to move along to the Freedom 
of the Seas Royal Promenade. Because, yes, I've been on four different Royal Caribbean cruise ships and four different versions of the Royal Promenade. I am picking the Freedom because, to me, that's the perfect one as far as size goes. I think that is the perfectly, I think it's a lot like the Splendor in terms of size and simplicity. It's a little bit more complex than the Splendor, but I just like that size. Large, mid to large. You know what I mean? It's a little bit, it's not quite mid, but it's not large, but it's not mega ship either. I don't like the 40, I don't say I don't like them. I prefer the, you know, Let's just say right around 3,000. 3,000 people uh, capacity is my favorite size cruise ship. So I think the Freedom of the Seas was the perfect size for the uh, Royal Promenade. The Navigator was nice. It was beautiful. But it was a little tighter than the other two. And, of course, the uh, Oasis of the Seas and the Harmony were pretty big. You can kind of get – it was crowded. You know what I mean? If there was – those ships, I got to say, they do a great job despite having 6,000 people on those ships, do a great job with the crowds. If there's an area on those ships that's crowded, it's on, it, if, there, if there was a, a class of ships where the Royal Promenade is a little bit more crowded, it's on the Harmony, uh, the Oasis class of ships. So I just think it's the perfect size, the perfect flow. A lot of people don't like the fact that it looks like a shopping mall. Listen, it's one part of the ship. You don't have to spend your entire time in the Royal Promenade. I like the fact that it's something that just reminds me of, you know, again, New York City, you know, or or, or Long Island General. You have the shopping malls. In New York City, you have these uh, gorgeous, like, uh, center, square, center squares where you walk in and there's, you know, multiple shops and there's these... Um, markets and things like that and it just kind of reminds me of that and uh it has that english pub and man did we have a good time in that english pub again you have it on on the navigator but it was tiny it was like almost like uh it was too small and on the uh on what was it the uh, oasis and the harmony both of those ships it had an english pub so all all three classes of ships had the english pub the freedom found that sweet spot. The Freedom class of ships found that sweet spot where the the ship itself had a crowd that would enjoy the English pub because the Oasis, there was just too much to do. And Harmony, the same thing. There was too much to run around and do on those ships and it was too diluted to where people did not appreciate the Oasis. I thought it was a home run because the Oasis, it was like, it hadn't been refurbished yet and it was just, you still smelt the beer. I'm like, you're on a, beautiful giant state-of-the-art 225,000 gross ton cruise ship and you have this English pub that just has this feel of just a real pub you could smell the draft beer but either way uh, for some reason the freedom really nailed it and uh, what else did I oh and also those are the classes of ships on the freedom class that had the trap door now the Oasis had it too but, you know, we talked about the Oasis. It had the trap door to the casino. You know what I mean? I call it the trap door because you're just walking along the promenade. Then all of a sudden, you have a nice spiral staircase and you're in your ding, 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 ding world. And, uh, you know, you can you can play some blackjack and things like that. That could be good and that could be bad. But I did enjoy that. And, you know, I do like the feel on the promenade, the Royal Promenade where you have those outdoor style seatings where you have these venues, whether it's the Central, uh, I'm sorry, the uh, Promenade Cafe or it's the, you know, Sorrento's or it's the English Pub where you can kind of grab your drink or whatever, your slice of pizza, whatever it is, and you can go out and you can enjoy 
the people walking by. There is no better place at sea, in my opinion, to people watch than the Royal Promenade. And for those reasons, it is one of my favorite pieces of real estate at sea. All right, I'm moving it up. We're staying with Royal Caribbean, and we're going to the Oasis of the Seas, our almost unanimous pick for most important cruise ship of the last 20 years, which I totally agree. And we're going to talk about the boardwalk. Um, Now, I've said about the boardwalk, I've been critical about the boardwalk and that I think they should do more with it. And I stand by that. They definitely should do more with the boardwalk on the uh, Oasis class of ships because it is such a beautiful place. And we got to start with the Aqua Theater. I mean, this is something to me that just doesn't get enough credit. There's a freaking Aqua Theater off the back of the ship. This is one of the best innovations that has ever come to see, and it's not a gimmick. You know what I mean? There's all these gimmicks, all these cool things, these bells and whistles. You know, do I really got to do bumper cars at sea? Do I really have to do a parachute at sea? I mean, all that stuff is cool, but this is an aqua theater. It relates to cruising. It's spectacular. I mean, that's the word. That's the only word you could use. It's spectacular to watch these dive shows, the art that they put into it, the dancing, the choreography. And then, oh, by the way, we're going to jump, you know, whatever it is, 300 feet. I don't know if that's right or not. I made that up. Let's call it, you know, 150 feet from the air into a pool that, by the way, who knows if somebody's sleeping on the job. That's not a pool. That's a platform. Have you ever seen that thing? The technology on it is it becomes a pool or a platform. So one second you're dancing on it, and then the door or whatever, the floor drops out of it, and it fills with water. And now it's a, what, 12, 15-foot pool. But when they want to dance on it, they lift it up again. So anytime throughout a show, it goes from a 15-foot pool to a platform where people can dance on it and things like that. If you're at the top of that freaking thing, and you're about to jump 100 feet down, whatever it is. You notice how it just went from 300 to 150 to 100? I don't know what it is, but you look up there. I'm not jumping off that, whatever it is. But those people, I guess they're former like Olymp- either Olympic candidates or, or close to Olympians or whatever it is. They're just professional divers. They're standing all the way up there, and they, they all they got to do is hope Charlie in the uh, you know in production has didn't have a couple of drinks and bump into the switch that puts the platform back up. You know what I'm saying? So in general, that that aqua theater, if you're ever on an Oasis class ship, do not miss the aqua theater. The performances and things like that, sometimes, you know, the plot, it's not like, it's not plot driven. There is a little mini plot to them, but it's not plot driven. The, uh, just the fact that they're doing a performance a a, a theatrical performance that's incorporating diving and swimming and things like that uh, blows me away absolutely Um, also why i picked oasis over harmony of the seas where they both have a boardwalk i picked the oasis and we're talking about ships that i've been on obviously so those are the two oasis class ships i've been on Um, it doesn't have the ultimate abyss slide on the oasis which i like because if you're walking down the boardwalk you're automatically looking at the aqua theaters you catch a little bit of the sea you take that beautiful picture it's unobstructed and now all of a sudden you have this uh giant slide in the way it's cool i'm not complaining about the slide the slide seems very popular and it's not a gimmick it's a freaking absolute death ride (laughs) if you're into that Um, i'm certainly not into that stuff but people like it but i preferred it without the ultimate abyss obstructing the view 
And uh, with that, you also do get, instead of the landing area from the Ultimate Abyss, you had a cool little, I guess, what would you call it, an island bar. Not an island, as per se, of surrounded by water. Just a uh, round little bar that was an extension of Sabor. And it had a little tequilas, margaritas, and things like that. And you can kind of sit at a bar in the middle of the boardwalk. And I like that a lot better than having, you know, just where you land when you're taking the slide. Um it's just a vibrant place. You can hear music being piped down from the Lido deck. Uh, it's just, it does. They nailed it. You know, the theme is, I guess, Atlantic City style. They had the boardwalks and the taffy and just a very, very festive place to be by the sea. And from a decoration and from a construction standpoint, with all the shops and the the actual boardwalk and the colors and the Johnny Rockets, they, they did nail that. They nailed that down. I mean... Uh, also, by the way, you look up, and at any given time, there's people literally flying over your head. Like, they have the zip line up there, and the zip line flies right across over the boardwalk. Um, you get, get the good view of the sea. They play the movies out there. You can kind of sit. If you want to relax a little bit, you could sit in the aqua theater during the day while there's no show going on and just relax and catch up on some work, see whatever movie's playing. The doghouse is back there. I think that's a hidden gem. I know it's not necessarily very hidden, but right by the carousel yes they have a carousel which is cool i wrote it like an eight-year-old just because it's there i'm not gonna not ride it see the carousel on a cruise ship sure do it for the gram so i did it but then um right next to that they have this hot dog place and you know the way they describe it is okay hot dogs are great i can get a hot dog anywhere any day of the week but no these are this is like an actual hot dog stand where they have four different types of sausages, four or five different types of styles. You can get a Polish style, Italian sausage and pepper style. You can get a Chicago style with the stupid pickle, whatever it is. All the Chicago stuff. I mean, I, I'm not into the Chicago. I get offended when we talk about Chicago with the, with the pizza. Um, one thing I'll say Chicago does good is that Italian beef sandwich. Woo, they get that right. I'll give them that. Um, and then... uh. It's just uh, it's just like a contrast to Central Park. It's this. It's similar. It's like the, the twin brother of Central Park, but it's also a contrast because where Central Park, you do feel a little bit like oh, you gotta kind of mind your manners a little bit on the boardwalk. Way way more casual, and for those reasons, the Oasis of the Seas boardwalk is one of my favorite pieces of real estate on any cruise ship. All right, let's go back to Carnival now, and we are going to talk about Horizons Havana deck. What do you call it? I don't know what do you call it. Havana, uh, specifically the Havana uh, Resort, whatever it is. The back of the deck, the aft part of the ship where they have the Havana kind of chill out outside area, whatever it's called. And probably a lot of you yelling into the mic, yelling into your speaker right now. You know what it's called. Havana, um, what is it? The lounge, the lounge is the the bar, the Havana bar. I don't know what the Havana outside area is called, but you can't go there till after seven unless you have a Havana cabana stateroom. Um, but it really does, it, as far as any cruise ship I've been in, it gives you that resort feel. Like you feel like you're at something that's to the level with the pool, with the tiki tops, not the tiki tops, but like the covered areas, the 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 uh, the little cool little benches also near the um the hot tubs 
there's just the layout of this space. There's not much to say about it. It's just that, you know, with the advantages, obviously, it's an aft par- portion of the ship, which I absolutely love. Uh, but it's also the fact that it's on deck seven, which takes you down. So you're a little bit closer to the sea, a lot closer to the sea, and you feel it. And, um, you know, having that bar, that Havana bar right there, being in there, being out there at night is amazing, too. It's kind of really cool for me being more at dusk, but also at night because the Havana Lounge itself is the most vibrant room on the Carnival Horizon. And um, to kind of go outside and be able to chill so proximal outside by the water with a hot tub, a beautiful layout, Cuban-themed, Cuban decor, but you're right so proximal to that really raging party that's going on right inside that's a cool little contrast to enjoy as well it has a pool out there that is pretty much apparently or at least a faux infinity pool and there's a lot of great pictures of it out there i definitely recommend you check it out uh best place on that ship to watch the sunset by far because you can get a lot of things in the picture with the sunset you know that's what you learn about taking pictures sometimes you want to take a picture of the sunset but you'll also want to get a picture of things that happen to be in the in the foreground with the sunrise in the ba- sunset in the back and you have plenty of opportunities to do that on the uh, the the Havana back deck the Havana lounge whatever we're gonna call it uh, on um, the carnival horizon and for that reason it's one of my favorite pieces of real estate at sea all right I know we said we were gonna skip the news for this particular show but we do have something that's kind of late breaking that i'm going to step in here and read here and this is from the miami herald uh carnival cruise ship crew member falls overboard near cuba search ongoing the u.s coast guard continues to search for the carnival cruise line crew member who fell overboard thursday now stop right there because they use the word fell and uh i don't know usually nine and a half times out of ten Well, I should say 95 and a half times out of 100. These are never accidents, but who knows? Let's see. The U.S. Coast Guard continues to search for a Carnival Cruise Line crew member who fell overboard Thursday. The Carnival Victory was en route from Cozumel and 30 miles northwest of Cuba on the last leg of a four-day cruise when the 37-year-old male crew member was seen going overboard. According to the U.S. Coast Guard, the incident happened around 2 p.m. Thursday. We have a quote. The ship's command immediately returned to the location where the crew member was last seen and initiated search and rescue activities, which are ongoing. According to Carnival spokesman, all appropriate authorities, um, including United States Coast Guard, have been notified. The Coast Guard dispatched an early uh, century airplane and diverted the cutter uh, cutter Charles Sexton to the area. An alert was sent to the other ships in the area. The cruise ship returned to Miami Wednesday as scheduled. In December, the Victory's passenger... This is another story, I guess. Uh, So I guess right now, it's all it is is a crew member went overboard, and that's all we have right now. So I just wanted to break in with that real quick just because I saw it. It's not necessarily brand new, but I just popped up in my phone, and uh, it was like 10, 12 hours ago, so I just thought I'd kind of let you guys know and bring it to the show. All right, moving on to more pleasant things. Uh, The next place which is considered one of my favorite pieces of real estate at sea is the bar city concept on norwegian gem now i this is a love hate thing but it's mostly a love because i really do prefer 
the walk-in brick-and-mortar style venues on cruise ships when you're talking about nightlife and entertainment only because it gives you that feel of really kind of going into a themed, well-thought-out concept. Um, However, as an overall space, as an overall area, real estate, piece of real estate on a ship, we'll do another show eventually on what my favorite venues are. But this is about pieces of real estate at sea. And for the reasons... uh, for, for many reasons, I do love the Bar City concept on the Norwegian Gem, which, again, you could say Pearl as well because I've been on the Pearl, but we're going to talk Gem because that's what I've uh, what I experienced most and what I liked. And I'll talk about the, the, the piano guy, guy named Billy Pando. You could find him on Facebook. I'm telling you right now. You know, you could say, oh, you just saw him, so you just kind of liked him. Uh, but I've seen. I've been on 20-plus cruises. This definitely was the most talented musician I've ever seen at sea. have no idea how the hell he's on a cruise ship. He, you know, became friends with him on Facebook, and he posted pictures of him as a kid on Star Search and things like that. The guy's a pro. The guy's an absolute beast on the piano, crooner, singer, everything else. Uh, Billy Pando, check him out. I'm sure everybody has their favorites, though. Uh, Bar City Concept on Norwegian Gem. Uh, I love the fact that it is centrally located. So it is in an area of the ship where it's hard to kind of miss it. You know what I'm saying? It is uh, five different concepts under one roof. Now, it's going to escape me exactly what they are. I know there's a whiskey bar. Uh, I know there is a champagne bar. I know there is a martini bar and a couple of others, and they're all kind of like lined up. They're in the same venue of the ship, but you could tell they all have the same back kitchen area. They have the same, uh, you know, I guess you can get from one to the other from a back of the house standpoint, but no problem. They're all set up as almost like liquor stands, but they are they are different bars in the area. And the advantage of this is the fact that, again, if you are looking to kind of be able to see the lay of the land. And if you're checking for pockets or just want to be ultra social, you can go from many different concepts and get many different types of cocktails in one large area. What I also do love about this, like I mentioned before, uh, this is the area for the piano bar as well. And it's not just this typical sing-along piano bar type concept. It is a high energy type of feel. It has, you know, a lot of sing-alongs. It has, but it also has uh, nights where they won't do the piano bar and they'll do a full band. On the last night of a lot of these Norwegian ships, one of my favorite things I've ever experienced at sea. This was awesome. They they basically on the last night they had everybody go to Bar City, whether it was musicians on board that were roving musicians, whether they were a part of the band, whether they were the sh- the house um, orchestra whether they were just crew members who were talented. They called it a jam session. And you go down there to Bar City, you get your cocktail, and you hang out, and they don't even know what they're going to do. They're just a bunch of talented musicians that say, all right, what do you do? You know, oh, you, wait, hold on. The cook plays drums? Yeah, I play a little drums. What song do you know? I know that song. Let's play. And all of a sudden, you have the musicians and a cook from the kitchen playing the drums, maybe the gift shop ladies. Now she's singing, you know, this and that. Uh, They're all... They're all just jamming out and they're improving and, you know, playing songs off the cuff like they, they didn't know that. They, well, you know that one? No, I don't know that one. All right, well, let's not play that one. Let's play this one. And it's just they're switching instruments. They're all kind of just letting their hair down. And I'll tell you this. Cruise ship crew, especially the entertainers, 
they do a great job. I mean, entertainers in general. Do you think Billy Joel still wants to freaking play Piano Man? I can tell you right now he doesn't. He's said it multiple times. He hates that song at this point. But same thing on cruise ships. You know, they're doing these songs every single day. You think this Filipino band wants to play Country Roads? No, they don't. But they do such a great job of acting like they're enjoying it for you. And they do a good job of kind of really selling that this is, you know, this is exactly what they want to be playing at this time right now. But in this particular case, it wasn't acting. You could tell. They all got their drum. They're all passing instruments back and forth from each other. They're all ribbing each other. making It looks like you've got a a little bit of a glimpse as to what it was like to be at the crew bar or below deck or whatever like they were literally kind of it was just you could tell it was such a release for them you're running around all cruise long and you're watching this band play but then every once in a while you see the piano guy now they're right next to each other and the piano guy's playing with the band and they're just making it up as they go along and it's incredible. So that was going on in Bar City. And those are the reasons that why I feel like Bar City is definitely one of my favorite pieces of real estate at sea. All right. Drum roll, please, for the final piece of real estate that I am listing as one of my favorite top 10 pieces of real estate on any cruise ship. Many of you guys, there is no introduction that needs to be made for this one. You guys are already saying it now. Some of you don't know. It is the Carnival Splendor Aft Pool Deck. There is nothing like this place. There's nothing like uh, the Carnival Splendor Aft Pool Deck for many, many reasons. Um, Many of them are unsaid. Many of them are unspoken or many of them are just unidentified. But I've spent so much time on this particular piece of real estate at sea. And uh, I just can't say enough about it. It was just, you know what it is? It, it was asked of me. Doug actually asked me when we were on the horizon, and I still kind of said, you know, this is really, really nice back here on this aft piece, but it's still the splendor is different. Like, and, and a lot of times you can't explain it. You guys have bars and restaurants that you like to go to, and you just go inside them, and you just feel a certain level of comfort. Just looking around, what you see, you like. And I think I'm not the only one that this happens to because I could just tell you about the times that I've had on the F deck of the F deck of the Splendor, that's just whether it's daytime, nighttime. Actually, it's pretty much always daytime. I think pretty much, yeah, it's always daytime. They don't really, but it, it they, Carnival was always doing it where the aft deck was for the adults only. And you know, again, got nothing against kids. It's just I think that there should be an area where they're you know the adults can go where they don't have to deal with the kids. I think there should be plenty of opportunity for kids to go so many places. I do think the adults should have a fun area, and I'm not talking Serenity, where it's basically a, a, a sun tanning morgue. I mean, I'm only saying that because it's just so quiet. You know what I mean? It's just very very quiet. There's nothing going on. But the aft deck was fun, adult fun. You know what I'm saying? So. First of all, the layout. If you go onto the Pinnacle Steakhouse deck and you walk out those double open, automatically opening double doors, you look out and you just see the shape of it, the colors, the slickness, the sleekness of it. It's kind of sharped off, sharped off edges, and the pool kind of just sits there, and, and it's just, it's just a beautiful place to look at when it's just kind of like naked, just sitting there. So you're comfortable, just like your favorite lounge that you walk into. Ah, this place is nice. I walk into it. It's comfortable. People will say, well, who cares? Whether well, the corners around. It's just something about the way it looks. It's awesome. And uh, there is a bar that kind of runs along the um, starboard side that 
sticks out into it. You know what I mean? It's not just that random, like, one little bar that's at the very far end. You know what I mean? On the Carnival Horizon, you have a bar there, but it's all the way at the end, and you kind of look back, and it's just, this has, uh, it's 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 on the deck. So you could almost, you feel like when you're in the pool, you could almost reach out and grab you a drink off the top of the bar. That's not the case, but it, it feels like that. And uh, just what they do back there. I mean, some of the times I had, I'm just going to think off the top of the head. I mean, I posted on the Facebook uh, page, the, uh, the, the group, the cannonball thing we started back there there's something that goes on back there it's just always it's never it never not happens so one time we had a dj back there and they did a daytime adults only aft pool party and that was awesome and all adults were back there and originally it was a bunch of people sitting around good music kind of chill whatever it was like a high school dance nobody was really doing anything in the beginning and then the dj who we made really good friends with out of nowhere just pulled out this ball this volleyball and started playing the right music. I guess the drink started kicking in. And he just throws this ball out. And it was 45 minutes of just this ball going around. And what does it do? You know what? You'll say, how stupid is that? Who cares? A bunch of adults throwing a volleyball around. No. There's much more than that. These strangers with the right buzz going, with the right music, on the right piece of real estate... That ball made a connection with everybody. So everybody's hitting the ball. The ball would go to one side and would get to somebody. Somebody would make a good hit. Everybody would cheer. Then it would go all the way up. Somehow somebody would screw up and it would go three decks high. Then it would hit somebody in the head, knock his drink over. Then he sees the ball. He sees the ball. He's pissed for a second. But then he looks down. He sees, I don't know. 80 people screaming up at him, hey, come on, get it down. Now he's part of the show, and he does a beautiful hit back down. Then he comes down and joins the party. And like that, that happened, and then the ball went over. Ah, the ball went over the side of the ship. And the DJ, who, like, he was just like, ah, I don't know what to tell you. But the next day, he had another ball. So it was just great. It was just, that, that happened one day. Another day, we were back there, and I'm just comfortable back there. I'm at home. I'm like, you know, I get my three drinks going, and I just literally stood on top of the pool bench. Go, ladies and gentlemen, here's what's going down. Impromptu cannonball competition. I want to see who's going to take part. And then, like, everybody was like, who's this weirdo at first? And they were right because it was me and I'm a weirdo. But at the same time, there were like four or five people that started participating, and then six or seven. And then it became a thing where I'm like, directing this cannonball competition everybody's taking part everybody's talking to each other now and then before the thing's over we all i took a picture of it i didn't do it everybody surrounded the perimeter of the pool and did a one big communal cannonball into the pool it was a beautiful beautiful moment um Another day on the Sam Hunt cruise, we're back there with Stu and Jerry and everybody's back there. Chris is back there. And out of nowhere, we did a similar thing where we just started a um, chicken fight competition. Next thing you know, strange strangers have girls on their backs, guys and girls. They're having chicken fights in the pool, fighting each other. It's fun and just people connecting. And I'm, I don't know what to tell you. Is it a coincidence that that doesn't happen on the Carnival Horizon? Is it a coincidence that it doesn't happen at any of the other pools that I've been in? No, it's what that area, what that specific piece of real estate facilitates. It's also got the two uh, uh, areas to eat back there. The one side is the uh, the the deli, 
delicious deli paninis turkey paninis i don't know what it is man you have these things at sea that you just don't know why they're so good but they're so good and then the other side was the indian food which was delicious too you get the hummus and the the bread and the the, the veggies and things like that and um I don't know what to tell you. It was just for so many reasons. You just go out to that aft splendor pool. If you're ever going to be on the splendor, just get a look at it. And I, I posted a picture once. I don't have a good picture of it. That's why I'm hitting up that group. I just want somebody to get me a nice picture of it to kind of like I have it a little bit on the video. I have a splendor video that I'm going to post. I'm going to do this. So I'm going to post this. It's uh, not on my regular YouTube channel. It's like my first video that ever quote unquote went viral. I don't know if it, you consider it viral or whatever, but it's got over 30,000 views, and I don't have anything that touches that since. It was just a, basically a ship tour, elongated ship tour. It's not very good. It was before I really knew how to. I still don't know how to, I should say. It was way more premature in my stages of being able to kind of edit video. But I think it gets across the fun we kind of had on the ship. And you definitely do get a nice view of that whole feel of coming out of the steakhouse, the Pinnacle Steakhouse, and just looking onto the deck. And there was nothing going on when it happened, but you could just imagine it's like a battlefield. It's just like a a beautiful piece of real estate at sea. And for that reason, it is one of my favorite pieces of real estate on any cruise ship, the Carnival Splendor. Let me take that back. It is my favorite piece of real estate on any cruise ship, the Carnival Splendor aft pool. All right, a quick little break, and we will be back with your emails. Hey, quick question. How important is your vacation to you? Okay, well, are you booked? If not, I want to give you a quick heads up on how close you can really be to your cruise vacation of a lifetime. Let's talk Caribbean. Yeah, that's right. The tropical paradise, white sand, crystal clear, blue water Caribbean. Cruising is an adventure. Why visit just one destination when you can conquer three or four? We want to be the perfect getaway from your everyday. Always Be Booked Cruises and Vacations has the experience, the affiliations, and most of all, the passion to match you up with a getaway that you and your group will share stories about for decades to come, no matter who's listening. Some say a cruise is a cruise, but the truth is, we help you find your cruise. Whether you're seeking the ultimate island adventure, world-class onboard entertainment, or gourmet Caribbean food and cocktails, you can share memories with those you're traveling with and make lifelong friends with those you just met. Having spent years on some of the world's most celebrated cruise ships and creating partnerships on the most desirable destinations in the Caribbean, Always Be Both Cruises will craft a custom itinerary that will surpass anything you thought you could ever experience on land or sea. If you're ready to start planning your dream cruise, go to Always Be Booked.com or email me directly at Tommy at AlwaysBeBooked.com. And we're back. Ladies and gentlemen, your emails have become a lifeblood of the show, and we appreciate them at Tommy at AlwaysBeBooked.com. Once again, that's Tommy at AlwaysBeBooked.com. If you have anything to contribute in the way of a question or a comment or a correction, anything whatsoever you have on your mind relating to the podcast or the group or anything whatsoever, something you heard that needs to be, uh, you know, guess changed or corrected or whatever, in any way whatsoever, Tommy at AlwaysBeBooked.com. If you haven't done so, once again, please join the lounge, the Always Be Booked Cruisers Ultra Lounge on Facebook. That's where we have the most fun, and we're on Instagram, uh, Always be booked is all you have to type in on that. Oh, by the way, yeah, YouTube. We're trying to be on the come up with YouTube. If you don't mind, we got to get to those thousand subscribers. So right then and there, that's probably the the uh, request for the week. If you don't mind, uh, 
if you can look up Always Be Booked, the YouTube page and uh, the channel, I should say, and uh, give a little subscription there. Maybe a couple of views, maybe a couple of likes, whatever, but mainly the subscription. We're a long way away from the thousand. I don't know how these people do it. I don't know. They do uh, very maybe because they make vi good videos, Tommy. Maybe you should try that. Yeah, probably. But uh, all right, let's get into it. Uh, here we go. First email. Here we go. It just starts out. My full name does not need to be used if reading on the air. Will Royal Caribbean ever get back to the West Coast for cruises? I thought maybe because Majesty of the Seas can no longer cruise to Cuba. Barbara. Barbara, thank you so much for the email, and I uh, appreciate the brevity. Nice and concise right there. Uh, we will not use the last name on the air. Uh, we don't need to. You know what I'm saying? Um, <clears throat> in terms of what you need to do in this life, you know, whether it's eat, sleep, drink water, you know, whatever it is, you know, shelter, things like that, you need certain things. And when you need something, there's even lower degree of needs. You know, you need recreation in your life. You need the, you need sunshine in your life. You need vitamins. You need minerals. Do you need minerals? Yeah, you need minerals, right? I think you do. Whatever it is, you just need certain things. You need affection. You need companionship. You need uh, what else are the needs? Uh, I could say it right now, Barbara. When I when I when I add it up, I don't think we need to use your last name on the uh, on the email but I'm, I'm just kidding around I'm just asking let me answer the question and stop being a smart ass uh, I don't know the answer to the question so let me not answer the question there's really been no talk of it I think the last rumblings that happened about maybe uh, Royal Caribbean going back to the west coast was like 2016 there were some talks about it and there was some discussion about it but nothing has been said since if anybody else has any information on that if there's an update that I'm not seeing I definitely poked around a little bit and checked uh, I couldn't find anything that says they are now they may because there is a renaissance going on in on the west coast you know you have these uh, new builds going out there you have Norwegian getting involved with the new builds up in uh, on the west coast you have Seattle making all kinds of noise you have Carnival with the panorama going to be out there soon too so it's it's also uh it's also it's a good question is what i'm trying to say and uh i would love to see royal caribbean out there a little bit more i don't know about empress i don't think that empress necessarily i'm sorry majesty majesty necessarily i don't think it would i don't think the fact that they can't go to cuba would be much of a determining factor as to whether or not they're going to go to the west coast but it's Royal Caribbean, man. You would think that they want to get a little bit of a presence out there because they are breathing down Carnival's neck as the for the title of the biggest cruise line. Now, largest cruise corporation, that's a little bit out of reach. Carnival's in no danger there. But as far as cruise line, Royal Caribbean is right in their shadow. They may be they may not even be number two. They may be number one A. Who knows? All right, let's move it along here. Tommy, I know you like emails for your podcasts. But I am not sure how to send an email. Hold on. Excuse me. I'm not sure if that's actually true. I do have some input on the things that are interesting to me. I know you focus on the big three, but we have a diverse and well-traveled group, and I would enjoy hearing from them and you, of course, on other options. My daughter and her husband cruised with Azamara to Europe and Egypt and had a great trip. Well, clearly they have some cash. All right. Uh, not the party cruise, but... Uh, the travel type, but not the party cruise, but the travel type experience. I was one of eight on a Windjammer sailboat for a week sailing in the British Virgin Islands, and man, it doesn't get any better than that. Riverboat cruised in Europe, 
once, and that was a different experience. Okay, riverboat is the verb. Riverboat cruised in Europe once, and that was a different experience, but a lovely, relaxed way to explore. Let's venture out past the big three and explore seeing the world on a boat. Just my ideas. It will not will not hurt my feelings if you push delete. Love your podcasts. And that was from Sandy. Sandy, how dare you suggest that I would think about hitting delete? on your email. This is a good email. Now, I'm going to answer it. I'm not saying that you're going to get what you want to hear. I'm not saying that, but I am going to say it's a good email. So what I will say is, Azamara, that's a lot of money. You know what I mean? I think this is the thing. You know what I mean? I have no problem discussing that. And I think we do talk about, you know, outside the big three here and there. We definitely touch on some of that stuff. But, you know, it's important, I think, to to, to, to focus on what you know. I don't think a lot of those other um, crews whatever you want to call them, uh, hosts, creators, anything, they don't go too far either. Now, they'll go a little bit out of the big three. I don't, as, I'm, as Amara, you don't hear a lot being discussed. I just am not going to have a lot of experience. I mean, look at Matt Hotchberg with Royal Caribbean blog. He, he only does Royal Caribbean. That's it. So, I mean, I, people have said that to me before, and that was always my answer to them. I was like, well, do you bust Matt Hotchberg's chops for just doing only Royal Caribbean? There's two other major cruise lines out there and several other you know uh, intermediate sized cruise cruise lines out there he doesn't touch it if it's not royal caribbean he doesn't touch it i don't knock him for that that's his lean uh my thing is the big three and the caribbean i have vast knowledge on those things and i will touch and i will discuss on those other things but it's you're gonna have to kind of lead that charge you know what i'm saying so what you said right there is any of the other type any other cones out there want to bring it up feel free if anybody here's a call to action right here cones hit me up in the lounge or on email, let me know some of the really good experiences you've had outside of the big three. Again, I think one of the major, major things, though, probably the major thing, is the price. You know, I, mean? I can tell you right now, on an Azamara cruise, I probably wouldn't enjoy myself as much as I was. In, I would enjoy. Now, if I had just a one-on-one uh, romantic experience, yes. But if we're going, we're like talking about cruising with friends, family members, whatever. I think the big three is the product that I'm most attracted to. I, I just like it. That's what I like. I like the big box, the bells and whistles, and all that stuff. Uh, the Azamara and the Crystal and the um, the Windstar, the Seaborn, those are very, very nice. I'm sure they're like over the top, and I'm sure maybe if you do them, maybe you don't look back, but you know, you, you want to do them all the time. But I don't have the experience with them. Uh, from just a stepping back standpoint, I think I'd have more fun on the big three. But I am definitely opening, open, open to bringing them more of into the bringing them into the discussion more. But again, it is going to have to be from you guys. I really, really do appreciate the email, though. Hey, Tommy, it's Ploofy in upstate New York here. I love it upstate, man. I used to love to go upstate for we we used to run around that state like crazy. Yeah, with you being down from the city area, of course, that's where we spend most of the time. But we love those Thursday to Tuesday road trips up to whether it's let's just list them. Here we go. We did New Paul's. We did Saratoga. We did Lake George. We did Cobleskill. And then the Sony, the whole Sony route. Oneonta, my personal favorite. Cortland, Oswego. Uh, where else? Um, 
Might be it for now. It was such a such a good time. We were Binghamton. We did Binghamton too. Loved it. Uh, I don't know where are you from, Ploofy, up there. But uh, you go to the gym. He says. So I go to the gym, not because I want to, but because I have to. I'm friggin' fifty. Well, I hate the gym. Ten minutes after I get there, my ADD kicks in and I am looking for the bar. Oh, you're talking about on a cruise. <laughs> I'm like Ploofy. What's going on upstate? What kind of uh, what kind of what kind of Jim, you go to a up, upstate there with the bar in it. So I get, I get what you're saying. So ten minutes in, your ADD kicks in, and you go, you're looking for the bar. However, your podcast makes me makes this torturous task of what they call getting in shape so much better. I'm catching up on all the old podcasts, and I'm learning so much about cruising. Love it. You mentioned a while back in your older podcast about how you almost drowned in your neighborhood pool <laughs> while trying to. Use you while trying to use your new snorkeling mask. Did you ever figure that thing out? And how well does it work? Thinking of purchasing one. Again, keep up the hard work. One forty-five till the breakaway. Congratulations, Ploofy in Upstate. Ploofy. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, I'm really, really glad I can get you through a little bit of the workouts here and there. I appreciate that very much while you're on the cruises. And thank you, man. I think you can learn stuff from me. I'm not going to be so humble as to say you can't learn anything from me. I got pretty good experience with cruising. However, there's may way many more people out there who have more. And uh, I think we could all learn from each other. So thank you so much, Ploofy, for, those, for that kind sentiment. As far as uh, when I was in Orlando, in my... Uh, complex my apartment complex oh very nice i missed that thing that's one thing i miss about orlando the luxury that you live in for 900 dollars a month Ugh. um but i was in the pool and i got one of those masks that no i never figured it out i'm sure i was more of the problem than the mask itself i'm sure there was something I, there was like this little piece of rubber that i couldn't figure out how to drive into these little tiny little holes that would seal off I guess, you know, the mask itself. And every time I went under, I would try and I would make different attempts. And no, I'll I'll have no problem saying it. I'm too stupid to fly a kite by myself. (laughs) I'm sure I probably could have eventually figured it out. I spent one day on the beach in Montauk with a friend and uh, she slept in. And I went out to the beach and I'm like, I'm in Montauk. I'm not sleeping in. I'm going to go buy a kite and hit the beach. When I tell you I was on the beach by 10 o'clock in the morning with a kite that I purchased at the local convenience store in Montauk, and I hit the beach, and I started running. Now, mind you, you know, I'm not a total fat ass, but I'm a, I'm a chubbier gentleman, so I'm a little, you know, that always adds to the comedy when you get a, when you, get a you know, fat guy falling down is always funny. You know what I mean? Just the weight of somebody always adds to the humor of the situation let's just admit that can we i have no problem doing it so i'm on the beach and um guy got this kite and i could tell you right now i was you know the entertainment for the early risers on the beach they were definitely watching me try to fly this kite run up and down the beach i never made it happen and then the girl i went with just she slowly woke up and she kind of came down to the beach and she goes what the hell are you doing get inside you get inside. Listen, help me fly the station. No, you put that kite away and you get inside. Let's start grilling this rim. Uh, it was. It was just. Yeah, she was more. I just. I'm just. A lot of times I don't get embarrassed, or when I fully commit to it and I say I don't care if I'm going to get embarrassed, it just happens. But I know for a fact I was definitely entertaining a lot of people on that beach trying to fly that kite. Probably a similar situation. There was nobody around. I made sure there wasn't a big audience at the pool, so I made sure I got up early, went to that pool, and yeah, that was the uh, bad side of being alone because. I almost drowned. (laughs) 
I didn't really almost drown, but yes, I was breathing in water. And uh, unfortunately, uh, the mask didn't make it, and I didn't make the, any trips with the mask, so it never really happened. And that's about it. So anybody has any suggestions on how to use those stupid masks, let me know. You don't see them as much. They were hot for a while. You saw them on every single, you know, every single page, any travel page or YouTube page. There was a, there was a, a lot. They were everywhere, but not anymore. All right, let's move it along. All right, this is from Deb, Debbie Parker. And uh, I don't know if she wants me to read this on the air, but it's here. So it's I'm sure there's no harm, no foul. I don't, I'm saying I'm sure she doesn't care if I read it on the air. I don't know if she meant for it to be on the air, but she gets into it. Here we go. Hi, Tommy. I'd like to offer some thoughts on your situation you mentioned in yesterday's Patreon about your business being on a focused track. As a small business coach, here's my perspective. Hope it's useful for you. Your perspective is absolutely correct about the benefits of having a structure for your time and business activities because, as you say, you're not an employee. Where someone else gets the agenda, you're the owner. So it's different. And this is exactly what I can help a lot in my small business clients with. Uh, The mindset and the action. Starting a small business works best if you keep it as simple as possible. Keep it as low cost as possible and set two or three priorities and just work on those. In my experience, one enemy of small business startup success is going in too many directions all at once. And it's easy to do. Many people have to almost fight within their inner urges to order in order to be focused and ignore all the noise. So hypothetically, you could just decide your priorities are one, your travel agency business, and two, your podcast. And then your goal could be how you can best monetize those to get them to the best financial return in the simplest way. That might mean dropping the t-shirt business, resisting taking the comp, uh, comp cruises so you have more time to stay on a business track. Yeah, that's probably a good one. Putting up only the most basic website, without all the bells and whistles, just so people can find you and you look legit and using your social media as a simple way as you can to get the word out about your uh, travel business and podcast without it being a major time suck. Social media can be great, no cost form of marketing and approaching your business with the goal of making money, but not to have that as your main source of income right now, because life is so much easier if you're not scrambling for income while you're starting up. If I remember before you went to New York City, you had a job at a cafe bar that gave you enough money to live on, but not too demanding in terms of your hours. So you had good energy left to focus on ABB. That's a good situation, and you may want to find that again. I hope you don't mind my unsolicited thoughts. I'd be happy to chat with you by phone and address in more uh, detail if you're interested. No fee, just friend to friend. We should all be following our passions as you are doing, and if I can offer some useful ideas, that's a win-win. Debbie. Debbie, I, 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 no words can say how much I thank you for an email like this to put this into words and kind of give me uh, a couple of uh, pointers and a couple of, I guess, you know, what you say, and you'll probably agree to this. It's not anything that's groundbreaking, but what you do in your life is probably just put people on track like a physical trainer p- puts people on track. And uh, I needed it. I, I definitely need it. And I read this and just kind of like simplifying things. Uh, and you are 100% right about the side gig. I definitely, you know, that was a perfect scenario. You can't always just jump in and jump into situations and uh, leave and then return to them and have things laid out exactly. I, I've definitely talked to them and that's possible. I haven't necessarily asked them directly if I can go back there or anything like that. But 
you know, they've hinted to me that they enjoyed me there and, you know, I would be welcome back in some capacity, maybe not the same. But yeah, I definitely will probably end up finding my way into something that is uh, part-time. And that's the DJ thing. You know, the DJ thing, I'm getting uh, a decent amount of money, which is one day a week and almost half of what I got working for that country bar that you mentioned. All right. So the troops are home. Kay and uh, the little guy, Braden, came home. Uh, It's only a matter of time before they make their way up here. I had to step away and put the air conditioner on again because, uh, yeah, when they're not around, I turn the AC off and uh, try to get the best audio quality as possible. Hopefully, if you hear any difference at all whatsoever in the audio, it is subtle. Hey, Brayden, what's up? I got a thousand-piece puzzle. You got a thousand-piece puzzle? You want to say hi to everybody? Say hi. No, you're saying. No? All right, I'll be down in a second. I got to finish recording, and I'll be down in a second. Okay. All right. I'm talking to the people of the sea, the cones. Can you say hi, cones? Hi, cones. Thank you, buddy. See you in a minute. Bye bye. Okay. You got McDonald's too? Yeah. Without me again, right? What? I didn't get any McDonald's, did I? Tomorrow, okay. Well, yeah. He knows I'm going to see tomorrow. That little guy. All right. Well, so back to you, Deb. Um. All these things make so much sense. Just kind of like refocusing everything and um, and simplifying. The problem is, is simplifying is that, yes, you could say that. All right, so the podcast and the travel agency, <clears throat> that exists the way you said it was. You're right. Those are the two main ways what we're going to try to make money. The other thing is it doesn't stay that simple because there are so many ways to fuel that. And through Facebook, through social media, YouTube, whatever else it is, you know, it's it's all a time suck and you have to kind of prioritize that whether it's being on the Facebook page and you know promoting and you know there's so much other things I could be doing too going on these cruises you know sometimes if I was better uh, I guess in a better mindset I would be promoting the podcast on the cruises and things like that so it is a, you're right what you're saying is right it's not lost on me and it's a hundred percent something that I have to get better at uh, I do have the other income with the DJ thing and that's probably better than what I had before because when you're talking apples to apples you know what I walked with for working you know semi full-time yeah you're right I didn't work full full-time it was you know 30 to 40 hours a week per se and this is a one-night situation and I probably make half the money in that t- in the situation that I'm in right now if I could find something else or maybe pick up one other one other shift then you're right where I think we're on the same page though I really really do appreciate it Deb and I am so much looking forward to seeing you on the group cruise and the fact that you spent the time to write an email like that to uh, help me out along my path is more than appreciated and it's just it can't be put into words all right moving on hey tommy i just started listening to your podcast a couple of months back and i can't get enough of it i am a 21 year old that makes poor decisions with my money because me and my girlfriend are addicted to cruising but hey screw it it's worth it anyways we're going on symphony symphony of the seas in october for seven nights and i was wondering if you could tell me the key point things to do on that ship i have watched ship tours i have wanted your perspective on it i was also wondering if you could give me some ideas on what to do uh, and what excursions to take part in in our ports of call we were going to san juan st martin perfect day at coco k thanks in advance and keep chasing your abb dream it will all work out in the end jerry jerry this is crazy because i just did a um cruise companion 
for if you guys ever want a cruise companion we're doing those they're 79 dollars. i will do a basically an hour and a half podcast for you hour and a half two hours whatever it is it's, it could be anywhere from an hour to two hours and i will basically do a podcast that's directly for you and uh you can get everything about the ship i will personalize it as much as possible to the people that you're traveling with to your embarkation port to where you're going to the ship itself coming back i'll ask you what your favorite songs are give you a little soundtrack as well all that stuff the cruise companion hit me up at tommy at alwaysbebooked.com if you're interested in getting a cruise companion but let's do a little mini one right here for jerry right now you're going on the symphony of the seas so i think the symphony of the seas is a oasis class ship oh no 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 wait Symphony? Yeah. Symphony is the Oasis-class ship. It's the biggest ship in the world right now, and I am extremely jealous of you because you're going to have an amazing time. But on that ship, yeah, just spend some time on, you know, you heard a couple of them today that I talked about. Both of those uh, venues, all three, of the, all three of those things that I talked about at Royal Caribbean, not the uh, lime and coconut, but everything else. The promenade, the um, boardwalk and Central Park are all on the Symphony of the Sea, so enjoy those. Um, it's it's a, a lot of people talk about those Oasis-class ships in two different things. Some people, it's better for them to just pick a couple of neighborhoods and spend all the time in those neighborhoods and really get a feel for those neighborhoods and get a feel for the staff and, you know... How, and treat your vacation as though it's in those those areas alone. Uh, some people say, just screw it. There's seven neighborhoods. Get the most out of all of them. It depends on what type of cruiser you are. If you're look, looking for more of a personal touch and you want to get more of like a, I guess, a comfort level type of cruise, you go with plan A. If you're really an adventurous type and you want to run around and see everything and taste everything and breathe in everything, you want to go with plan B and, and basically just check out the entire ship. But there's a zip line on that ship. I'm definitely telling you don't miss out. If you're going to do any specialty restaurants whatsoever, do Wonderland. It's a dining experience like you've never had before, 100%. Enjoy yourself. Spend some time in Dazzles. I mean, it's a little bit of a dated looking uh, venue, but I liked it for that reason because it kind of reminded me of like a Miami or Cuba 80s style Scarface lounge hangout type thing and the band is great in there uh, you do the zip line on there definitely check out the ice shows definitely check out the dive shows the dive shows also a little tip make sure you sign up and check out the dive shows earlier in the ship in the sailing because you can make the mistake of missing out on the first I'll do it on the last day but if they're canceled they're very often canceled if they're canceled on if because of whatever you know what you got people jumping off of diving boards from 150 feet in the air so you don't necessarily want to uh, you know put them at risk if there's any waves go if there's any instability in the ship at all whatsoever they're gonna cancel that dive show so if you see it if you sign up and take your attempt early and they have to cancel it early chances are you can catch it on the back end uh what else uh the promenade deck with the jogging track really cool place to chill out and hang out i personally love the wipeout bar because you can get you know get your buzz going while you're watching people fall off of surfboards um the of course the main atrium is a beautiful place to hang out definitely check out the robot bartenders they're hysterical get some pictures of it you don't really want to spend too much time there but you know it's good for the gram nobody's you're not really going to see too many people of your friends getting served a uh, mojito from a robotic dancing bartender um the ice skating shows definitely there's open skate as well i think i said that already and uh that's it don't lose too much money in the casino you want to talk about your ports of call perfect day at coco k you just go there and just enjoy it i love the pool i spent my 
most of my time, we spent most of our time at the pool just hanging out in the swim-up bar and just really relaxed. You have so many options there. You have volleyball. You have different types of water sports. You have the balloon that goes all the way up in the air. You have uh, different options of dining and, and, and things like that. The water park is absolutely out of control. If you're into that type of thing, do the water park because they have the tallest uh, water slide in uh, in the Caribbean there. It might even be North America, I think, if I'm not mistaken. But it's uh, that's that's really, really fun. You're also going to San Juan. San Juan, for me, if you haven't been there, you just walk around San Juan. Go to the first fort, which is Cristobal, and uh, hang out there, walk around there a little bit. I wouldn't recommend paying the entrance fee. Just walk around and get the free stuff. Uh, and then walk around the town. You're, you're basically heading um, back. I think you're heading back west from Cristobal, walk the entire town, it's less than a mile, and you see the shops, you see the you see the uh, food trucks, you see everything, and then you end up at El Moro, and that's, to me, the cooler fort, because it's closer and more connected to the water, uh, El Moro is, is the fort that I prefer out of the two, uh, if you're going to do just one, but I recommend do both of them, and in the, mid, in the meantime, see, walk around old San Juan, the cobblestone streets, that street with all the umbrellas, um, definitely get some mofongo, do not leave San Juan without getting Mofongo. There's a place called Barracita where they are said to have had the first ever uh, pina colada made. So definitely get that. I'm not necessarily a craft cocktail taste drink. I don't drink for taste as much as I drink for getting where I want to go. But this particular pina colada was the best pina colada I've ever had. Maybe because they told me it was, but I believed them and it, and it, and it worked out. Uh, and then St. Martin. St. Martin, there's so many things you could do. Great, great, great place for beaches, uh, uh, whether it's Orient Beach, whether it's Grand Case, whether it's uh, uh, Great Bay Beach, um, Maho Beach. If you've never seen the airplanes leave land, Maho Beach, you know, if you do it once, it's cool. I've done it like three or four times, but if you do it once, it's cool. But if you haven't done it, do it. One thing you could do and one thing I would make a recommend is just get a tour. Just either if you do it with the people that you're going with or lump in with somebody else because of economic reasons. Every single tour or even cab ride that I've enjoyed in St. Martin, I've been overly impressed with the amount of pride that people have with the island and they will show you the whole thing. Uh, there's a fort, I forgot what it's called, in uh, Margot, the French side. Uh, that you can hike up to the top, and I'm always into that because I always like to elevate and get some really good views. Do that, you know what I'm saying? It's a it's a good 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 place. Saint Saint Martin. Oh, and by the way, Saint Martin has probably the nicest cruise terminal of any place I've ever been. Just the cruise terminal itself. You really don't even have to leave there. You could have a nice time if you just walked around the cruise terminal. I I say that only to say don't do that. It's Saint Martin. You have to run around St. Martin. So um, enjoy it and I uh, hope you have a great cruise. And that was Jerry. Jerry, thank you so much. I appreciate you listening. Uh, moving on. Hello, Mr. Casabona. Parentheses. Bona? Buna? Boner? Oh, geez. I don't know who's this. This is DJ. This is uh, <laughs> Derek. May you, you're bringing back my high school uh, nightmares. Uh, my last name is Casabona. You could imagine what kind of name that was like growing up. Casa Hasabona. Casabona, Boner, Bona, uh, all of it. I heard it all. So, yeah, I see you say Boner. Yeah, I'm thinking back to uh, ninth grade, all the older kids calling me Boner and Casa has a Boner, all those types of things. I have a question. If I offered you two options for a free cruise vacation, which would you choose? Option. Oh, I love these. Option number one, a 14- or 16-day full Panama crossing, aware that these longer cruises 
uh, have an older demographic and less pockets. Uh, option two, two back-to-back seven or eight day cruises with different itineraries that have a more pocket-rich environment, but that don't cross off that Panama Canal cruise, full cruise, but full transit bucket list is what you mean, right? Keep up the good work, DJ. Derek, that's a good question. Um, whew, I would probably go with A. I would probably want to do the full transit. Just chalk it up to this being a um, bucket list-driven cruise. You have different types of cruises. You have itinerary driven cruises you have ship driven cruises you have crew people who you're with driven cruises this is a bucket list cruise this is a bucket list driven cruise and i would do that i would take somebody that i really care about and i would try to figure out a way that's the problem who the hell gets off for uh 14 to 16 days but i would try to find somebody but if it's free people can find a way so if it's free we can do that and i would just kind of hang out uh, and I would do that and just treat it as just like a just an ex- just the experience. I would want to do the full transit versus the seven or eight day partial. If I'm going to do the Panama Canal, if I'm going to do it, I want to go the whole way through. And I would sacrifice, you know, what would be maybe I don't because I think those seven or seven or eight day back to backs. I don't really think you're going to get the biggest pocket rich environment either. Panama Canal and pockets don't necessarily mix. And if you're new to the show and don't know what a pocket is. You're going to find out soon. All right. <clears throat> Tommy, we have been to Grand Cayman many times. We took our kids uh, We took our kids swim team there to swim against Cayman Nas- the Cayman national team. Wow. A couple of things. They use very large tenders in Grand Cayman, not the ship's lifeboats. Tendering isn't much of a problem. Well, I did it, and uh, I didn't love it coming back. That was all. Just you have to wait in that line. I just hate the line. Stingray City. This is the thing that you must do while in Grand Cayman. The ship offers excursions, but we have used these folks. And then there's a link. A smaller group, and it's absolutely amazing. Bring a waterproof camera. I'll bet that the masthead of the ABB Facebook page will be you kissing a giant stingray. Um, Less than likely. Move on. Uh, Number three, a great place to drink and snorkel is Cozumel is the Money Bar, a short ride from the cruise port. Uh, Number four, in Tampa, park right at the port. It's one of the easiest ports to park at. I remember seeing this, and I'm definitely going to do that. Number five, uh, by the way, just came in, checked the emails, just got uh, Carnival, hit me up with the uh, priority boarding. So I got a priority boarding pass based on, uh, you know, being a... the mover and shaker that I am in the industry. I got a priority boarding pass. No, that's very, very much appreciated. I'm still kind of nervous that maybe Carnival went back and listened to some episodes on the fantasy class that I put out there. And uh, who knows? Your boy may uh, <laughs> I may end up in an interrogation room on Carnival. But who knows? I'm kidding. I do appreciate it, Carnival. Thank you so much for that. It's really, really appreciated. Especially appreciated because I got a feeling that the embarkation in this thing isn't going to be a dream. Let's just say that. Uh I got a feeling it's going to be a crowded cruise. I got a feeling it's going to be a rambunctious cruise. Based on the um, cruise group that I'm in for it, it seems like there is a bunch of brand new cruisers that that I haven't done it before. So I have a feeling that the lines are going to take a while. That's all. So I think the priority boarding is a huge, huge win, and I appreciate that. Thank you for Carnival if you're out there in the ether listening, which I'm sure you're not, but if you are, thanks. Um, 
Number five, about an hour after leaving Tampa, there is another sail under the bridge party. Wow, that is actually really cool. Any excuse for a party is a good one, and sailing under the Skyway Bridge is a beautiful sight. This is why big ships can't go to Tampa. Have a great time. Remember, a day on a cruise is far better than any day at work. Richard. Richard, what's up, buddy? Richard is a uh, huge contributor to the show and the Facebook Cruisers Ultra Lounge. Appreciate him always very, very much. Listen, man. I'm just not into the 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 the, uh, the 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 stingrays. I don't know. I don't. I don't want to spend the money. Go out there and uh, it just not. It probably is really cool, and I probably would. Everything you're saying probably would be true, but I don't know if I don't know if you're gonna get me out there on this one. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I'll think about it, but we'll see. I get it. It would. I would. I. It would be lost on me a little bit. I would come back and not appreciate it as much as most people would. Um, the tenders, yeah, the tenders are boats. I do know that. Most of them have the boats. I think it's rare when they use the lifeboats. I don't think it's, I think that the fact, I think, you know, the port having tenders, boats, more towards, for tenders is more the, the norm than the lifeboats. I've definitely used the lifeboat, um, but I think uh, it's just still, the, the line on the way back in that hot sun after you're done and all you want to do is be on that ship in the AC, maybe getting a drink, uh, you know, you really have to time it because if you get caught up in that line, you are screwed. Uh, uh, the money bar that's cool I'll check that out definitely see what that looks like if it's uh, well known and uh, sounds cool I'll definitely go to the money bar um, Tampa that's a great tip I'm definitely going to park close to the port and it is because you just told me to and that is a great tip that I'm going to use and uh, the sail away bridge the sky bridge I'm into that I'm definitely into a good sail away party and the bridge as well so I'm into it uh, great, great tips, and I appreciate it. And that last sentiment you said, have a great time. Remember, a day on a cruise is far better than any day at work. Uh, I will hold on to that for two reasons. A, because, yes, I have to remember that since it's a fantasy-class ship. And B, because I am cruising solo. Either way, it's still going to be better than being at work. What's work like? I haven't been there in a while. Uh, hi, Tommy. It's Nick from St. Pete here, new listener, huge cruiser. Get in about two big ones plus four sneak-ins per year. I like your style, sneak-ins. Uh, Cozumel, go check out the no-name bar uh, at Hotel Barracuda. It's where the crew go. And the bar has about a 1,000 name tags from those who quit. <laughs> That's awesome. Cheap drinks, good food, swim-up bar, and some swimming. Uh, have fun in Tampa, Nick. Nick, that's great advice, too. I looked up when you said that. I looked it up. And uh, it does look cool. And true to what you say, yes, it does look like it's loaded with people that are uh, on the crew, the cruise ships. I didn't know that they have the name tags on there from people taking their last sailing or their last contract. I think that's phenomenal. I'm going to check that out. I, I might check that out. Uh, I, that's definitely high on my list. That's. I don't know if it's going to happen. Maybe I'll get a moped and end up there. If you guys, how nervous would you be if I get a moped? I would be nervous, but I got a moped in Cozumel once, and it went just fine. But be, due to the last experience that I narrowly escaped without being airlifted off in Nassau, I may not. We'll see. You know, why uh, count your blessings. You don't want to. You got to know when to hold them, know when to walk away. You never count your money when you're sitting at the table. There'll be time enough for counting. That's what you do. That's what you do in marketing. Did you guys know that? In marketing, it's a marketing trick. Marketing trick a long time ago. You uh, you create a jingle and you do the jingle. And uh, you know who's doing it right now? State Farm. You, you, do the, you do the jingle 
and you you shove the jingle down their throat so that it becomes just like automatic. You just keep listening to the jingle over and over again. So you're singing along with it. Has to be catchy. Has to be simple. This and that. And then your next campaign, you re- you release the same jingle except you take off the last line. And what does that do? We say it. What did you just do when I said you got to know when to hold them, know when to walk away, know you never count your money when you're sitting at the table. There'll be time enough for counting. In your mind, you're just saying, when the dealing's done, right? You say it in your mind. Genius. That's why these people are the big bucks. But uh, what, what, when I say, like a good neighbor, what do you say? Of course, you know what you say. Genius advertising. Uh, but yeah, maybe I stay off the moped. Hello, Tommy. I am hoping you might help me plan my next cruise. We are going to Bermuda in September, but after all, after that, I have nothing else booked, and I don't like the way that feels. I don't blame you, sir. Um, ma'am, sorry. Uh, I would like to plan a trip, but I don't know exactly what I'm looking for. I'll tell you what I want to see, and maybe you can make a recommendation. The time frame I am looking for is last week of May and first week of June 2021. I want to see the Northern Lights. Oh, jeez. Ireland. England. Iceland. Those would be my first three choices. I could like to see Germany and France, too. Is there anything out there that would at least get me to the Northern Lights? Thank you for your help and recommendations. Tracy. Tracy, I'm going to look that up for you. You know. You know, I heard travel agent stories. And I know I heard somebody tell me that there's one lady who only, only does carnival balconies. She won't do a carnival inside stateroom. She won't do a Norwegian balcony. She only does carnival balconies. Why? Because she knows the game. She knows everything there is to know about a carnival balcony, the categories. She knows she's going to make a certain amount of money from that. She doesn't waste her time with other cruise lines because she's going to have to spend all that time looking it up. She has the carnival balcony game category-wise memorized and she can give you the ultimate service when it comes to carnival balconies she can give you uh all the information what the upgrades are as far as you know whether it's you know front shit what she just knows the and she won't veer off from there now i'm not going that far i'm gonna do the big three i'm gonna do all categories you know what i mean i'll do a couple of land vacations maybe an all-inclusive uh but what you're asking me is a little bit out of my comfort zone I am definitely going to do research for you. I will definitely look it up, but I'm not going to lie and be able to tell you that I have just the perfect Northern Lights cruise selected for you that I can send you on. I just don't have the information. So, Tracy, I would definitely recommend asking around, but at the same time, I am going to research this a little bit for you and give you some information. Maybe you'll book a, a, a cruise with me. Maybe you won't. Maybe you'll get better information from somewhere else. But I'm not going to lie and pose as an expert on that topic. All right, here we go. Moving on. Hello. I was on the Carnival Paradise for my honeymoon 17 years ago. It was our first cruise and that and the one that got me and my wife hooked. At the time... It was the only non-smoking ship in the market and why we chose it. It's a smaller ship and won't have all the bells and whistles of the newer ship. Um, 
We was on the Carnival Paradise. Did I say that? Okay. I know that they have done the upgrades to the ship recently, so that should help a bit. We had an ocean view room, and it was perfect back then. We enjoyed our time on the Paradise and probably will sail on her again as it holds a, speci- a special place for us. It even had a topless area near the funnel when we were on it. I'm sure that's gone now. I am sure you will have fun on her, and I am looking forward to hearing your review about her and hear or maybe see the changes that has been done on her over the years. Keep up the good work and enjoy, and I enjoy all your content. Boat drinks for all the cones. Trevor. Trevor, absolutely. Listen, I am going in this with low expectations, and that's always a good sign for me to enjoy the cruise because you manage your expectations, and you know what? It's very, very difficult to be disappointed in that regard. So that's really, really interesting information. I did see that when I was looking it up on the... Um, when I was doing the cruise preview, I saw that it was originally a non-smoking cruise, and I realized that that just conceptually will not work. So, cool little uh, trivia there. Also, congratulations on your uh, on your on having your honeymoon cruise on that. That's cool as well. Um, I uh, I will definitely do a ship tour on it. I will try to capture it as in depth as possible, as concisely as possible, and uh, we'll see where it goes. Uh, again, this is a solo cruise, so we'll see how much fun I do have. And uh, I do appreciate your in- words of encouragement telling me that uh, I should go in with an open mind and uh, appreciate you listening to the show. And yes, the cones, I'm sure I speak for them when they say it back to you. Boat drinks, Trevor. Thank you, man. Hi, Tommy. Glad you're back podcasting. First of all, I'm going to use the term black throughout this email because I'm black, and that's just how I typically refer to myself. Oh, boy. All right, here we go. Let's see what this one's going to be about. (laughs) In terms of why people can't swim, for many people, it's a socioeconomic issue in in access a lack of access to pools and swim lessons compare something as simple as a community centers in poor areas versus more affluent areas and differences is what low-income parents are able to provide for their kids versus extracurricular experiences wealthier families can provide for their kids i'm making no judgment just pointing it out it's commonly talked about it's a commonly talked about issue in the black community as black kids or insert any under represented group historically more likely to have low access to resources uh, are much more likely to drown than their white peers in cleveland where i live there is even a nonprofit whose mission is to make sure that black kids have the opportunity to learn to swim also segregation my mother for example had no access to a public pool as she grew up in the south so this would have resulted in a generation or generations of parents who were unable to teach their own kids to swim compounding the issue i work in higher ed and i can also tell you that the most hbcus historically black colleges and universities have mandatory swimming classes as a graduation requirement for this very reason here's one article that talks about the issue and she uh, includes an article Um, but google it and you can see it's very talked about there's a stereotype that black people can't swim but that stereotype is is rooted in truth as the article says black people in all the u.s drowned at five times more rate than than the rate of white people i guess this is being political but the example of black people just is what is just that an example of how the inability to swim can be a socio-economic issue kim i think you did uh, a tremendous job right there of pointing out an issue that i was completely ignorant to and at the same time, doing it in a way that 
thank you was not condescending or accusatory. You did a great job there. And that's right there, Kim, I can tell you, is what I try to do. And I probably come from a completely different set of circumstances. And yeah, I'm thinking about that. I'm just thinking back on how I learned to swim. And I'm thinking about how, you know, dare I say, and I'm no stretch of the imagination. Don't get it at all in your mind that I came from anything wealthy. We were lower middle class, if anything. But yeah, we did make sure we did that one little vacation to Montauk every year. It was driving vacation. We drove through three hours. And I remember, where did I learn to swim? On a freaking vacation in Montauk. You know what I'm saying? And my first time I went underwater, my dad grabbed me by the back of my head and threw me underwater. And I was like, oh, that wasn't so bad. Yeah, horrifying when it happened. But yeah. So uh, what I have to do with an email like this is just basically say thank you. And uh, giving me information that I didn't know. because my point was originally was when I said last week I was just it was just a throwaway topic. I was like, how do people not know how to swim? Like, if you got to do anything in this world, you have to survive. Like, be able to survive in water. So, if you, how do you not force yourself at some point to go to somewhere, a pool or whatever, or a beach or something, and find a way to make it so that you know how to swim start in three feet of water go into four feet of water prove to yourself and the word wasn't swim as much as it was float but this email is a perfect answer as to how certain people don't know how to swim uh you know she states there was segregation and certain people weren't allowed in pools and when that happens for generations okay so now you just open okay so now you are allowed in the pool does that just automatically change the whole thing? No, it doesn't. So aside for that, aside for the fact that you don't have access to the pools, whether it's not even segregation's long gone, but at the same time now, uh, people of lower economic standing, you know, people who don't have as much income, don't have the ability to get in a car that costs money and fill it with gas that costs money, bring it to a, a pool that probably costs money to get into. And, you know, I totally understand. And I, uh, Kim... The only thing I could say to your email is thank you very, very much for bringing that issue to light to me. And I learned something, you know, and also for thanking you for doing it in the way that you did it. You didn't say, look at this, you know, <laughs> you didn't say, look at this white boy privileged guy who thinks he knows you do. Well, let me tell you why we don't know. No, you have you. That's how it's going to happen, guys. That's the way it's going to work out. You know what I mean? There's so many things that I'm probably eating to read too. And people who, uh, you know, have the same background is me white people are ignorant too that just don't understand and the knee-jerk reaction is probably like look at this asshole this privileged asshole who just doesn't get it but if you do it know how kim did it and just broke it down very very probably too respectfully i'm like wow you know that makes sense makes you think makes you aware and actually feel like i'm a little bit better of a person for reading your email thank you so much kim man this podcast is this <laughs> doing so many things that going going so far beyond what i ever expected it to go thank you so much i'm getting career advice from debbie i'm getting social advice from kim ah, i'm not I, it's, it's really really kind of makes me speechless really all right moving on tommy a few things great review of the norwegian sky on cruise radio i love it when you and doug team up hey what's up buddy say hi to the cones again say hi, hi Ra- cones. say again hi cones that's from Braden. Braden says, hi, Cones. What's up, buddy? You want to come downstairs now? I'm coming downstairs. Give me like 10 minutes. I'll be down. I'm going to, after I'm done with the puzzle, you got to be fast, okay? Okay. It's fast in pieces. All right, buddy. All right. See ya. See ya. 
Uh, great review of the Norwegian Sky on Cruise Radio. I love it when you and Doug team up. Always a good time. You really need to get on a Dream Class ship. Yes, I do. Jason, that's that's I got to get there. I really do. I, I have a feeling that that's the missing link, the ship that I want to be on, the type of when you add up all the different types of things that are all, the different type of, um, I guess, layouts of most of the ships. The dream class of ships is the one I want, the where I want to be. After being on the Magic and the Dream, I honestly believe it is the perfect size ship. And from what I have heard, the Breeze is even nicer than the other two. Yeah, I think that's the newer one, right? If I may give a little love to fantasy class ships, of course, please. The beauty of them is that you get a little throwback look at cruising. Yes, now you're talking to me because I said that very, very same thing when I was on the Bahama Paradise cruise, which was used used to be the Carnival Paradise. Uh, moving on. Uh, I'm sorry, Jason. I keep interrupting you. Because they don't have all the bells and whistles of the new ships, most of the fun is people-driven from the crew and live music, which is how cruising is supposed to be. So throwing a fantasy clip ship cruise into the fold can be a good change-up. I will be on the Carnival Inspiration later this year, and I'm looking forward to it, even if I can't see the ocean over the lifeboats. <laughs> Although I don't think Carnival will hold on to the fantasy-class ship for- ships forever, I wouldn't be surprised if at some point they made a new ship a new ship the size of the fantasy class ships just to be able to make it into the smaller ports yeah man i guess i always wonder that too like will they just always just go bigger what are some of the tommy at email uh, tommy at alwaysbebooked.com email me what are the some of the cruise lines that went big and then went backwards in size just went smaller because that's interesting and you say a couple different things as you're not done with the email yet but i'm going to comment on a couple of things um the the ocean over the seeing the ocean over the lifeboats yeah you just look at the layout you do a ship tour on YouTube on Carnival uh, Fantasy class ships I just can't get past that you're walking around the Lido deck and the first thing you see are these lifeboats that are on the side of, of just you have to look around them to see the ocean I don't know I'm sure I'm sure it'll be fine I'm sure it's gonna be great uh, number three you had someone ask about protecting their stuff at the beach. Ploofy, I think that was you, right? Here we go. The two approaches that I have used are walk further down the beach to a more secluded area that gets minimal foot traffic. This is easy on beaches like Seven Mile Beach. Or you can make friends with other people at the beach who appear to be fellow cruisers and offer to watch each other's stuff if either party walks away. Oof, I don't know about that, Jason. That one, I don't know. You meet somebody in five minutes. All of a sudden, now they know everything that's valuable to you is right under that towel. I'm, I'm, I'm probably gonna, you know, call me the skeptical New Yorker, and me is gonna say no thanks on that one. But there are parts of the country and the world that, uh, you know, there is that friendly neighbor type of thing that still exists. It's best to do this with other cruisers because they generally are like-minded and maybe thinking the same thing that you are. Almost every story that I have heard about somebody getting their stuff stolen was from locals and not from fellow cruisers. Hope that helps. Well, it kind of makes sense. I guess, you know, there is a level of desperation that kicks in and, you know, things can happen. But, uh, oh, Jason, uh, Captain Brownbeard. Hmm. Got to see. Jason, write me back. Let me know what that Captain Captain Brownbeard is all about. Yeah, just watch your stuff. Keep your shit uh, where it's supposed to be. Uh, I like that thing that somebody posted something about a... um, uh, a, a lock, a little lock box that you can put on your lounge chair. The only problem is if they steal the lounge chair, but that's going to be harder to pull off. Uh, 
I don't know. The stranger thing could happen. I, I guess that's okay if it is a fellow cruiser. Uh, they are. I see what you're saying. Your point about them being like-minded and also worried about their own stuff. So they may just kind of have the karma thing kick in so they won't steal. And, you know, they'll watch your stuff in exchange for you watching theirs. Um, or you just both – you can both steal each other's stuff and then it's a trade-off. That's, you know, that's that's the New York way. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, hey, Tommy, you've mentioned a couple of times that you aren't crazy about basic beach days because you get pretty uh, – you get bored pretty quick just lounging around i'm curious how do you feel about sea days is there enough going on out on the lido deck to keep you occupied or you do do you prefer trivia or maybe the casino or crafting at sea angie this is not angie but crafting at sea i think that might be a joke um what does your average sea day look like i'm living vicariously through opc other people's cruises until i sail again pam in texas all right um sea days for me are a little bit of everything uh, if it's a multiple sea days, I'll maybe I'll wake, I'll sleep in a little bit, and then I'll make my way to the Lido deck. I'll spend my seven and a half minutes in the sun, start burning, and then I'll just walk around. I'll start looking for things. I'll see what's available. There's live music over here. Chill out over there. Grab something to eat. Go over there. I'll do a trivia. Check that out. Maybe I'll go back to the Lido deck, hang out. My fun starts when it's about 6 or 7 o'clock at night. The sun starts going down. It's a little bit more comfortable from a temperature standpoint, a sun sun standpoint. And I just want to find somewhere near water, a pool, or a hot tub near the sea. And just kind of like get that, get the drinks going and enjoy myself like that. And then, yeah, the night, you're off to the races. That's it. Maybe take a, depending upon how hard you went during the day, uh, maybe take a little nap. Maybe not. But then that's pretty much it. No, I still got some more work to do. Uh, 10 or 20, uh, 20 more minutes, yeah. That's a, that's a long time. Yeah, I know. Got a lot of work to do. Wait, you're not anymore? I'm still recording. I just took a little mini break. I'm going to go back to it now. Okay, I'll see you in All right, buddy. All right, moving on. Burning question. No, Tommy. Nothing's on fire. I have a cruise question, and I'm banking that you're the one that can answer it. For traditional dining cruises, do you have any opinion as to whether the early dining or late dining offers better food and or service? Yes, serving a thousand meals in the course of two hours is banquet food. But do you get a fresh do you get a fresher plate at the earlier or later seat seating? All I know is I've yet to be served hot food for late dining. Is early seating any different? Wow, I've never thought about this in my mind ever whatsoever i'm gonna move on we'll go back and what about service do they rush you out of early dining because they have to turn the room over for late dining i've always had late dining and i feel like i'm being rushed out i've always had late dining and i feel like i'm being rushed out so they can set the room for breakfast or maybe they're just trying to make it to the crew bar before last call tommy i know the leisurely dinner isn't your thing for me it's a chance to enjoy a pre-dinner cocktail a glass of wine um with each course and an after-dinner cocktail with coffee and dessert. I'm not going to linger over those drinks, so the staff shouldn't worry that I'll never leave the table. But come on, how do I make it clear to keep the service coming and I'll get out before they start flicking the lights? Thanks for providing any insight you can provide, Trixie. Trixie, by the way, 
you sent me some really really good emails on Nola and I got through a couple I got through a couple of them and I'm going to read them and I'm going to cons- I'm going to I'm going to trim them down a little bit and cover them in the next show but I really really appreciate that email and I'm obsessed with New Orleans and I definitely want to get there sooner than later and I will definitely keep you posted on that but talking about your dining you bring up a bring a, a really fascinating point I don't know the answer to any of the questions that you said but I now I'm thinking about them. I, I'm I'm wondering. Uh, see, so for you, the dinner is too short. For me, it's a little too long. I get it. I do think that. I want to I want to do a topic is coming up that's a little bit over the course of my experience with cruising. The things that I've seen change. And again, what you heard today, those were my favorite pieces of real estate at sea. Just to share, and like I said in the beginning in the intro, I just want to talk cruising with you guys. What do you guys think? This is what I think. What do you think? Tell me. It's more opinions and and, and just uh, celebrating than it is factual information and news. It's what it's kind of always been with me and my show. But this is a perfect example of that. I don't know if there is a, a, a right or wrong answer to this, but do you guys, is that a thing? Is that it, I don't I don't think the food is any fresher. I think you're just they just they just know starting at five thirty they're banging out hundreds and hundreds of the same dish or the same seven dishes or ten dishes or whatever. And I think that they just got to keep them coming. I think it's a matter of luck. I think they're definitely sitting around for a while. They're definitely sitting under the heat lamps or even worse, just sitting on a tray somewhere or just you know. I think they're sitting. No matter what you do, no matter what time you go, I think it's the luck of the draw. You may get a particular plate or a serving that hasn't been sitting long, or you may get unlucky and you may get on the tail end of what was just, they just brought out a a, 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 a serving and then you just put your order in. Now they're, uh, you know, now they're remaking everything and it's sitting around and it's getting making its way around the dining room and it eventually gets to you. I think it's just a crapshoot, in my opinion. I want to hear, I'm serious, I want to hear from uh, a lot of you guys who may uh, and girls who may have this uh, an opinion about this. Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. Is there something to the fact that service and quality of food could be affected based on Early or late dining. What about my time dining? Is that then what 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 would you say the my time dining people get in, in terms of uh, you know good, bad, or indifferent service? I gotta think the food. I don't think the late and the early food. The service. I don't know. I don't know. I think I'll say this. I think it's gone down, I, and that's one of the topics I want to put out in you know some of the things that I think changes happen overall in cruising. I think the big three with the advent of the specialty restaurants and a lot of the different things that have come come across and all the people who used to not cruise but now they do cruise because of the million dollar marketing campaigns i think it's gotten a little bit more annoying for them and i think repeat business has become less of a thing and i think that overall service in general on cruise ships when i first started i think i caught the tail end of when it was still really really friendly and i see now you'll get that you know i think um I think Sherry from Cruise Tips TV said it, and she thinks she nailed it. I think it's 33, 33%, 33%. 33% of the people are completely over it. 33% of the people do their job and, you know, go along go along, just kind of doing their job. And 33% of the people blow you away with good service. I think that's a fair way to put it. I just think it's luck of the draw in both. I think if you get that good waiter, of course, guys, 
that 20s, those $50 bills, those $20 bills, if you really, really want good service and that's important to you, separate with some of those, separate from some of those bills and let, let it find their way because they all know how to do it. I can tell you this. The guy who is on his 11th in a row contract, who hasn't gotten a break, who wants to be out of there and probably is not coming back for his 12th contract, how disinterested he is right now on his first one, he 100% was that 33% of guys who gave you great service or girls who gave you great service, who blew you away. They're just over it. You know what I'm saying? What will make them, you know, they're motivated by what? By money. So it's not that they can't do it. It's not that they uh, don't have the ability to blow you away with the service. It's just that they need a little bit of a motivating factor. And you pull out that cash and, I, and I'll tell you the service will. But I agree. You shouldn't have to. These people are supposed to be doing their jobs. I just think it's an industry-wide problem. But I still want to find out from you guys. Uh, please email me if you think the service is dependent on what time the dining is. Let me know, Tommy, at alwaysbebooked.com. Um, and that's about it. I'm going on a cruise tomorrow. I couldn't be more – well, I guess I could be more pumped. But I'm pretty pumped. I'm not lying. Hopefully my laundry's done now, right now, through the editing process and taking some breaks and folding clothes, clothes and doing other things. It's 4.55 right now. I have to leave for work in two hours. I'm not done with my laundry. I have to get an oil change, and I cruise tomorrow. So that's just kind of how I roll. Not good. But what are you going to do? Boat drinks, cones. There's a place where the boat leaves from. It takes away... I love your big problems, you got worries, you could drive them in the blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the boat leaves from Take one part sand, one part sea, and one part shade of a nine on tree And the drinks are cold and the reggae is hot and I know this is the place for me Get away to where the boat leaves from, it takes away I love your big problems, you got worries, you could drive them in the blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the boat leaves from, Jimmy Perfectly good island somewhere Well, all ride the boats and don't grab your coat You won't need it where we are going Get away to where the boat leaves from It takes away all of your big problems You can worry, you can drop them in the blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the boat leaves from Pick me up Pick me up Pick me up Put me down down in the sand where it's cool Put me down And when I fall on my stool Put me down I'll just leave there till morning comes round With sunshine ten ladies And pina coladas And Bob Marley songs that I'm playing There's a song in my ear That I want you to hear Soft tropical lips that are singing Get away to where the boat leaves from, it takes away all of your big problems. You got worries, you can drop them in the blue ocean, but you gotta get away to where the boat leaves from. So get away to where the boat leaves from, it takes away all of your big problems. You got worries, you can drop them in the blue ocean, but you gotta get away to where the. So get away 
to where the police from It takes away a look at big problems You got worries, you can drop them in the blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the police from